Stephen, are you familiar with the rock and roll musical sock hot group Weezer? <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. I didn't know where you were going with that. What's with these homies dissing my girl? You know what I'm saying? Hey. Um, I don't know how familiar, familiar you are with the discography of said band. Hmm. Um, do, have have you... There. Are, like, are you a... What's your fandom level for Weezer? I would say it's medium only because I don't know uh, a lot of their like albums. Like I don't know how much I've okay. listened to all of them in full, but I know a ton mm-hmm. of their music, like their singles, and I like Weezer a whole lot. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I like besides Rivers, I don't think I can tell you like another person in the band. Either. Okay, you know what I mean. Interesting. And I only know mm-hmm. Rivers because I named um, a stuffed monkey after after him for my niece. Oh, that's true. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And that's the only reason I remember him at all. Okay. <laughs> Because mm-hmm. he's a blue monkey. <laughs> Clearly. Well, uh, so, I think uh, I, I'm kind of where you are with Weezer. I like uh, mm-hmm. some of the radio hits. I've never listened to a full album altogether. Mm-hmm. Um, that was one of your suggestions, is yeah. to do a, a, a Weezer album for Noisy November here. Um, but we didn't. We didn't nope. do that. We no, did we did not. Today mm-hmm. is not that episode. Today is not that episode. <laughs> Maybe next um, year. But I do think it's interesting uh, about how often they self-title their own albums. Mm-hmm. Do you know how many self-titled albums Weezer has? I don't know how many, but I love the idea of it, actually, so I'm curious. Um, tell you what, there's 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, what? 15, 15 albums. They have that Weezer many albums has. in general? Yes. Damn. Um, going back to 1994... Uh, up through 2021, this very year, uh, in which they released two albums. Wow. So, out of those 15 albums, how many would you say are self-titled? And I can give you a oh, uh, multiple okay. choice if you would like. So they have 15 total albums. 15 total albums. Okay, I get you. Mm-hmm. And then how many are self-titled out of that? Right. Mm-hmm. I don't know, because I feel like it's gonna it's got to be a lot, but I don't really remember a lot. But then mm-hmm. I don't remember a lot of the titles of their albums anyway. And I'm trying to go through the colors of the ones that I do know. And I'm like, there's not that many colors that you'd be able to differentiate. So I'm going to go with uh, seven. Ooh, very close. They have six. Ooh, I was Six close. self-titled episodes, <clears throat> uh, self-titled albums, uh, which uh, the first one was from 1994. It was the Blue Album. Uh, mm-hmm. And then 2001, the Green Album. Mm. Uh, 2008 was the Red Album. Let's see. Uh, so they've done a bunch more recently. That's interesting. Uh-huh. Yeah. 2016 was the White Album. Mm-hmm. Uh, 2019 had two self-titled albums. One was the Teal Album, and the uh, other one was the Black Album from Weezer. Interesting, because what I was thinking, I was trying to go with like basically Colors of the Rainbow that you could differentiate. They've already got White and Black, and they've got Teal, Blue, and Green, so they're really sticking in that kind of range. They, they really left mm-hmm. it open for a lot more like Yellow, Mm-hmm. I would love to hear the yellow album. Oh, you know? it's, life is not going to be complete until we have a full Roy G. Biv of Weezer. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I I think that they could go a lot more, and I'm excited for it. I, I'm trying to think of the other ones, too. I just don't know. There's like Maladroit, isn't that one of them? Maladroit like, is one. Um, mm-hmm. They have an album called Pinkerton. And, oh, that's right. Uh, let yeah. me check my notes. Yes, pink is a color, uh, mm-hmm. though it does not qualify as a self-titled album in it this does case. not no no is it a pink um, album cover at least oh let's take a look at it i don't know what pinkerton looks like 
Um, Pinkerton, uh, no, it looks like a snowy house. That's not pink. That's not pink. Mm-mm. Interesting. Huh. So they did go with the color naming, though, which kind of works. I do Wait, love... Hold, hold on just one second. The idea of hey, that, Hey, Siri, though. how do I file a lawsuit against Weezer? <laughs> no, it's not working for whatever reason. Interesting. Okay. It's probably because you sued Siri. 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 Yeah, Sorry. fuck. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> she, she won't respond to me anymore. Yeah. With the whole lawsuit thing. She's like, I'm not I'm allowed sorry. to speak to you without my mm-hmm. lawyer. And you're <laughs> like, God damn it, we had a relationship. Mm-hmm. And she's like, restraining order ordered. Yeah, clearly it was not uh, a good <clears throat> relationship. Um, I thought we were, uh, we were okay, but no. Well, you, you thought you were more than you were. And mm-hmm. I don't want to embarrass you, but there were things done and said with Siri that should not have been. And you know where you stand. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, right here in Oklahoma, where I'm ignored by this robot that's in my pocket yeah. most of the time. Yeah, she's yeah, she's in better places than both of us. Mm-hmm. Heaven, rest in power, queen. Wait, you killed her, Stephen? I cannot get into it for legal purposes. <laughs> I can't. I can't get into it. My bad. Wow, yeah. this I just got like a lot more complicated than I expected. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's what I said. That was part of my case. You know, mm-hmm. when I went before the judge, I'm like, hey, listen up. Here's a little story I got to tell. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> About me and killing a robot. <laughs> so. <laughs> it's a Spike Jones movie. Yeah. It's, it's, it's good. It's good. Uh-huh. It's good. Can someone wheel in the square television and the VCR, please? <laughs> I like we the square television. simply, like, stream this to the overhead projector. Nope. It's like, nope. Mm-mm. Gotta go old school. And then it's just like, uh, man, what's that movie uh, that has Sandra Bullock where she's like the football coach mom? Oh, <laughs> the blind side. The blind side. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's just like that. It's like on a. Uh, oh, you just have it on VHS. Movie day at school, you know? Oh, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They like wheel it in. And it's like strapped to a, a cart. And I'm like, mm-hmm. this is the only one we had, boss. Anytime I go into a Walmart, they and they have like the TVs set up. Mm-hmm. They are always always playing the blind side like i've seen the blind side so many times just from like walking past them inside of a walmart that's a very i i actually like that movie i thought about it recently that i haven't seen it since it came out pretty much but it was okay at the time um but if uh, when you said that it actually feels very much like a walmart movie to me Mm -hmm. so that kind of makes sense yeah it's like it's very down the middle because yeah um I feel like a football uh, movie mm-hmm. is something that people on the right would enjoy, you know, just general like sports and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But it's also about like encouraging this like poor black boy to like, you know, get his way through school and eventually become that football player. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you have the, the white savior mom out there. Oh, know, yeah. Helping him out. We so well, to the left. Yeah, we whites love our white saviors. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously, it's a big, mm-hmm. big theme with us. Yeah. Jesus, definitely not Palestinian. <laughs> Certainly <laughs> white. Yeah, 100%. You know, definitely not Middle Eastern descent of any of any nature. Have you ever had to try, had to try, have you ever tried to have that conversation with someone who's a religious person? You're like, um, I mean, he was in the desert. I feel like he would be more tan. <laughs> a little more tan? What do you think? Yeah, <laughs> like no, 
He's an angel. His skin was pure white. Exactly. Like, is, exactly. Is that what, what you think? He? Well, they'd be like, well, God's white. So Jesus, and I'd be like, <laughs> well, I mean, was he? <laughs> yeah, that is a weird one. So mm-hmm. uh, to recap, yeah, uh, Jesus was white. Mm-hmm. The Blind Side is the perfect Walmart movie, mm-hmm. and Weezer has multiple. Uh, self-titled albums of colors that they could improve upon yes yeah excellent Mm -hmm. there's still so many more self-titled albums to explore from them i didn't realize they had 15 studio albums altogether yeah i have no idea they've been doing so much stuff in the last few years though and like cover songs and all kinds of stuff Mm -hmm. um they're really like when when they pop up I, i don't buy their albums i don't really like listen to all of them in a full boat i really like weezer and when they pop up with new stuff cover songs new songs i'm always like yep Love mm-hmm. that one. And like they've never wavered for me in their yeah. discog- discography or whatever, you know, they've always stayed the same. I feel like if you went to a Weezer concert, there would be so many songs that are hits that you would like mm. remember at the time they play it. You're like, oh, yeah. fuck. Right. This song, too. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. And this one, Hashpipe, mm-hmm. Beverly Hills, mm-hmm. Island and then they in the did, Sun. I don't think I mentioned it on. Uh, the episode we did for uh, Metallica's Black Album, but they did a cover of Inner Sandman. And oh, it was on that thing, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, on the Metallica Blacklist. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know, for Weezer covering yeah. Metallica, it seems like fairly straightforward as far as like a Metallica cover goes. Mm-hmm. Like they didn't change a whole lot of stuff. However, in the like guitar solo in the bridge, at the very end of it, they have a, a lick from Buddy Holly and I'm like, oh, oh, that's fun. You guys did it. I see what you're doing. Yeah, I didn't listen to that one in full. I listened to like mm-hmm. a lot of those songs, like just skipping through them and stuff and found, yeah. you know, some good covers. It was interesting. Um, mm-hmm. But theirs was kind of straightforward in the beginning. So I didn't like listen to a bunch of it. Yeah. But they've uh, like they did Africa, mm-hmm. you know, and then they had like Weird Al on stage with them to sing it one time. And it's like these guys just have fun. That's all they want. Mm-hmm. You know, he's Rivers Cuomo is trying to chase the ultimate pop song. Yeah. I'm That's, down for that like journey. Fiending for it, you know, mm-hmm. and he's just like made so many other stellar pop songs. Yep. During that time that, oh man, I mean, buddy just Holly like, alone, mm-hmm. that video. Oh, fucking great. Yeah. So good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like it. So we're going to switch it up and talk about Weezer today. No. All right. Let's skip it. Then I honestly, I don't even care for them. <laughs> I don't want to have a prolonged conversation about them. Get out of my mouth. Disgusting. Oh, man, I just wizard. (laughs) (laughs) We'll get back to them someday, though. That'd be a lot of fun to talk about. Yeah, 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 for sure. That Mm -hmm. Blue Album was what we were talking about doing. Um, But it was mostly, again, that was not going to be an anniversary year, right? It's because I was stuck for some reason on the fact that 1994 was an anniversary this year, and it's not... Anything, I mean, I guess every year's an anniversary, but mm-hmm. for it, but uh, you know, not a major one. And uh, yeah, that came out in '94, so one one year after Jurassic Park. Oh, that's a good, yeah. Mm-hmm. And wow. then three years before Three Dollar Bill, y'all, the album debut of Limp Bizkit. Oh, okay, obviously. that's good. That's good to I know. Like yeah. I didn't need to say it, but for people who didn't know, <laughs> yeah. you know, <laughs> to know where you're at in context here, mm-hmm. that's yeah. good to know. That's good to know. I really like using Jurassic Park as a gauge too. You know, to be mm-hmm. like, all right, where in relation to Jurassic Park did this fall, though? Yeah. Like, like, they couldn't have listened to Weezer at that time. 
No, they wouldn't have known. They wouldn't have you known. Know. But I feel like Weezer, the band, mm-hmm. saw Jurassic Park together and they were like, fuck, I didn't know this was possible. They're bringing back dinosaurs <laughs> and we can record an album. You know? If Velociraptors can open doors, I think you can play bass, man. Yeah. You can do it. <laughs> yeah. Let's get this album out there and the rest is history. Mm-hmm. Wow. Weezer, inspired by Jurassic Park. I, I never knew. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we broke. And I here. know some people are probably saying, "Well, they could have just read the book." It's like, guys, come on. Mm-mm, mm-mm. Nobody's reading a book if there's a movie about it. <laughs> we all know. I discussed it with my mother-in-law the other day because we were talking about she'd read that book when it came out, I guess, and then years later oh. the movie, you know, happened or whatever. Uh, and I was like, I just read that book in the last year, and I had that movie with me for over twenty-five years. Mm-hmm. So that movie is the canon version of that story the (laughs) book is an afterthought Uh and and she loves books so she yeah she took that a little hard but um Mm. i put her in her place basically is what i'm saying (laughs) that's good (laughs) you looked her dead in the eyes and said i do not want to have this conversation again (laughs) by the way i burned all your books and i just walked away Mm -hmm. that's right because i'm a conservative now getting rid of books (laughs) that's right yep fuck them Get rid of books. We're going to watch The Expendables Marathon. Yeah. <laughs> no, we're going to watch Hillary's America, the demon raising power of the Democratic Party. Is it's, this a thing? I <laughs> I believe it is. Not That is not the correct subtitle, perhaps. But uh, oh, okay. the other day I was looking at uh, the Just Watch app for something, and it mm-hmm. popped up two different documentaries. And one was like, I don't know, this like good political thing or whatever. And or maybe, no, it was like a QAnon thing. They were like, it was a doc- oh. like a four part documentary about QAnon, about how bad it is, whatever. And I was like, yeah, that'd be really interesting to watch. And then like right mm-hmm. next to it was Hillary's America. And I was like, OK, wait, <laughs> the secret history of the Democratic Party, uh, because I watched or I saw the the cover for it um, <laughs> has her on stage. And then um, ominously in the background, she is staring over it like the fucking emperor in Star Wars. <laughs> Yeah, and they're like, she's clearly an evil demon. Yeah, you know, uh, it's pretty that, amazing. Does that face even look like hers? It's like distorted. It yeah. does in person. I don't know if it's shown over there. Um, okay. Yeah, and they have a quote at the top from uh, from the author and producer of The Exorcist. Utterly terrifying <laughs> and based on a true story. <laughs> Based on a true story? <laughs> Hillary Clinton is a real person. That's yeah, it. Based on a true story? Damn. You can't say it's not. I like that they use red to show menace, even though that's the color of the conservative party here in the States. Yeah, right? Like, they're like, yeah. no, we can't. Yeah. Shouldn't it be, like, blue, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's kind of goofy. So, anyway, if mm-hmm. you want to catch that, uh, you can go in the, the Just Watch app and find that somewhere streaming, I'm sure. Oh, man, I cannot wait. I know. It'd be fun. I'm so excited to yeah. fill my head with this nonsense. <laughs> I'm just going to buy full in on it, you know? You're like, did you know this is, this is a documentary? This is all true. Mm-hmm. This is all true. It has to be. They couldn't put it out otherwise. They had people talking to the camera. Yeah. It had to be true. You can't just do that and lie. Tucker Everybody Carlson got a new bow tie for this. <laughs> it was just her eyes staring out uh-huh. on each side of it. Yeah. He's watching. She's watching us everywhere. Like, if you don't like her, why are you wearing her on your body? But also, it's like, I get it, though, you know? Yeah. Yeah. He's like, I actually got a full back tattoo as well. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, it's it's the body of a, a serpent. Uh, it has black, leathery wings. 
Hillary's head, of course. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, there's some other pieces, but I like to keep it secret. I'll show you to at a party sometime. Mm-hmm. The snake's tail does go down to my butthole. <laughs> That's the entrance of the genie's lamp that she crawled oh, out man. of. Mm-hmm. What a what an image. Mm-hmm. Tucker Carlson's butthole. There you go. Well, on that note. TCBH, you know. <laughs> on the TCBH, uh, we're going to jump into this and say uh, we're doing it. I'm Stephen. I'm Brent. And welcome to Let's Talk About Stuff, where uh, butthole talk has entered the game. Very quickly. <laughs> Yet again. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I know we don't have a ton of, of many topics today, uh, maybe a, a few things, but um, I'm very excited to talk about the main topic today, which mm-hmm. is the Beastie Boys 1986 album, Licensed to Ill. Yes, yes. Very excited. Uh, did you, I don't remember how we even got on this one. Did you recommend Beastie Boys? Did we just talk you about You recommended it? Beastie Boys, but you were recommended Ill Communication. That's right. Uh, and because i was like this is an anniversary (laughs) i was like it's like the 27th year anniversary i guess (laughs) i'm telling you i looked up a list of 1994 stuff and i was like this would be great and then i was like let's do this nine inch nails album you're like we already did and i was like no 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 no. this is an anniversary year i I looked up a list i was like oh Uh i am looking up the wrong year 96 (laughs) is what i was looking for you know yeah for that 25th but but it all worked out because uh this album has its 35th year anniversary. Perfect. It also has the word ill in it. It's also by the Beastie Boys. So perfect, in a roundabout perfect. way, you did, in fact, suggest this album. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. I think, yeah, to retcon it, I certainly did. I knew I know uh, what years are. I know what anniversaries <laughs> are. Yeah. Major milestones. I'm you know very how, good like, at when, it. when somebody has a baby, they're like, oh, they're 18 months old. They're. 22 mm-hmm. months old or whatever what if you had no idea what years were and you only kept track of like <laughs> months but i was really good at months mm-hmm. yeah oh, man. Like, hi my name is stephen fisher i'm 238 months old um, people are like uh you could stop saying that that's weird now but then like you eventually you're uh, you're you learn years but it's only like the chinese zodiac is like <laughs> well i'm i'm three year of the rats old and then like Seven, you're the snake? You could say I'm this many. Mm-hmm. Sir, did you did you try to learn years? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I only have access to uh, a, a Chinese search engine. Um, mm-hmm. I don't go to <laughs> yeah. Google because Hillary is on it. <laughs> yeah. Obviously. <laughs> That's what she wants. <laughs> We're playing right into her hand, you know. She's trying to traffic children. Mm-hmm. In 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 furniture and home furnishings. Mm-hmm. Look, I tell you what, you haven't seen Hillary and Pizza Rat in the same place now, have you? Mm. Huh? No one's seen it. That's <sighs> actually I changed my mind. The the Tucker Carlson fullback tattoo is is basically Chucky the Cheese with Hillary's Chucky head. Chucky the Cheese. Chucky the Cheese. <laughs> Why do I keep adding the other things? <laughs> <sighs> do you know what Chucky e. Cheese's full name is? I feel like I've heard it before, but please enlighten me. Charles Entertainment Cheese. Oh, wow. It is Chuck E. Yeah. Entertainment. I like that his they won't even let him have Chuck as his first name. Yeah. It's like Charles. Like it's on his his uh, <laughs> what do you call that? Full form like birth certificate. Uh-huh. Or the long form long birth form. certificate. Mm-hmm. Charles Entertainment. Mm-hmm. Do you think he changed it to entertainment or do you think that he was given that by his parents? I think he was given that. I think he had a showbiz family. Therefore, oh. <laughs> he, you know, it started out Makes at sense. showbiz pizza. But then, like, he was like, you know what? This place is failing. I'm just going to buy this fucking thing. Dude. Oh, wow. 
Possum, Badger, you guys can keep playing your washboards up on the stage. Mm-hmm. Your weird, creepy-ass faces. Ooh. Yeah, they were pretty weird. Mm-hmm. Some of the but, pictures I have as childhood birthday parties are disturbing. Horrifying. You're right? Yeah. <laughs> there was somebody, I was talking to, uh, I think some coworkers about this, but there was somebody who bought, uh, it was like a, a Chuck E. Cheese that went out of business and they were like selling off everything, like the arcades and all that stuff. Mm. Somebody bought the stage band and oh, like the animatronic man. like uh possum family uh-huh. that plays you know and he bought them reprogrammed them and made them play pop lock and drop it uh, <laughs> in his garage <laughs> and he i think it took like eight months or whatever to like get everything up and running and oh my like God, programmed to where it could play that perfectly but it was so fucking funny dude that actually sounds like a cool club that I would go to, like a defunct Chuck E. Cheese that's turned into like they've like adjust. They kept the band, mm-hmm. but they play club music now. Yeah. You know, and they keep playing and stuff. I would actually go to that. But it's only stuff that was like eight years old because it takes so uh, long yeah. to program <laughs> everything, you know? Yeah. <laughs> what if it was just Ursher's? Yeah. Ursher. Hmm. Yeah. I love saying Ursher because mm-hmm. that's, that's how Luda says it, right? It, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Ursher, Ursher. Yeah. <laughs> I remember being like when that when that song came out and I heard that, I was like, is it like is it like Puff Daddy and, and P. Diddy? Is it is he changing his name to Ursher? Ursher. <laughs> From Usher. Is it U R S H E R? U R? I don't know. Ursher. It's like if you were going to be in someone's wedding as an Usher, but <laughs> somebody told you that position and you were like perplexed. You know, yeah. I don't what does this mean? I can't be Ursher. Is that like he's, an Ursher? He's, he's a he's a talented individual. Like I can Ursher their grandma to her seat. I could, I guess, but like Usher, I don't know. That's a weird mouthfeel <laughs> yeah. to me. Yeah. I don't like it. Usher, Ush. It just sounds gross. <laughs> Am I on a, like a dog sled? Yeah. Ush, Ush. I don't no. like this. No. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Get it out of there. But anyway, yeah. you can do that song because that's a classic. Everybody loves. Yeah. Everybody loves. Yeah. 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 Boo doo, boo doo, boo doo, <laughs> boo doo. Just for those at home, my shoulders are popping. So that's right. Mm-hmm. Whoa, it's getting crazy. They were crazy. pop locking and dropping. What? Mm-hmm. I'm pretty yeah. good at it. Yeah. I think people are impressed. They could hear it. They could hear it. Is that a pop? Oh, that's a lock. I heard it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I get it. I get it. I see what they're doing there. I'm not. Listen, guys, I'm a fraud. I can't pop or lock. No. You can drop it though. Hell yeah, I can. Like it's hot? Mm, uh, most definitely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've dropped stuff that was hot. Yeah. <laughs> you know that burns your hands. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hot coals. Yeah, I drop hot coals all the time. Mm-hmm. When I'm handling them. So Well, you like to heat up the individual coals mm-hmm. by themselves first before you do that fire walk. Yeah. It, takes like, a while. it really does take a long time. You have to like schedule a week's vacation. Mm-hmm. You're like, okay, I got to get after this. And not only heating up each one individually, but you have to maintain the ones that That's are already hard. heated. Yeah. It's hard. like spinning plates, you know? It's like hard enough to spin a plate and balance it on a straw by itself. But then you have to keep the previous one going mm-hmm. while you're maintaining the current one. And then you have to get your mindset to put up a third one. That's crazy. What? Plate spinners, man magicians that used to be a staple of late night talk show like <laughs> quote-unquote magic they or, should bring you know, back. someone's gimmick yeah you're right mm-hmm. this is the year for it you know i've always wanted to do that the trick where you uh you have like a full table with all the dishes and stuff on top and you and you 
take out the tablecloth and leave all the dishes. I've always, Mm -hmm. as a kid, I thought that was the number one trick. (laughs) If I could learn one trick, I would be the coolest person at any party I could ever go to. Yeah. I would be like, guys, check this out. Dude, this is so funny that you're saying this because we just watched uh, part of Ghostbusters last weekend. Uh And there's that scene where they go in that ballroom and Bill Murray is like, I always wanted to try this. He tries to like rip the tablecloth cloth off. Everything just like falls. Yeah. <laughs> but it doesn't matter. It's a fucking ghost. Who cares? That's how I'm afraid it would go down. But I wish mm-hmm. I could actually do it. It just looks so fucking cool. It does. Yeah. Like if you could like pull that off, you just oh, like man. walk into the sunset. A legend. You yeah. Know? It's amazing. Mm-hmm. I love it. Unless like as you like rip that tablecloth off. Mm-hmm. And then you start to throw it over your shoulder. You like cock an eyebrow like you're hot shit. You turn around and then you like rip a fart. That's the only. <laughs> oh, and man. Because you have it tossed over your shoulder. It would like push the air would like push the tablecloth <laughs> up. People would so definitely like, it know. Definitely came from you. You yeah. know, the only more telling sign would be if like you had green cartoon vapors come out of your butt. <laughs> and to be honest, I do sometimes. I look, I wasn't going to say anything. I, I wasn't okay. going to out you like that. I did, yeah. though. And it's OK. Mm-hmm. it's hard to it's a hard life but someone's mm-hmm. got to to fart it yeah that's true someone's got to fart it you know that's that's what they say <laughs> yeah. i didn't make that up i didn't make the rules i'm just living but you will world. enforce them yeah mm-hmm. yeah i'm yeah with with muscles that i definitely have <laughs> i mean that's a good rule of thumb is like if steven's going to give gaseous green visible fart clouds mm-hmm. he will back it up with violence yeah <laughs> yeah i just really love a violent fart you know <laughs> who doesn't right who doesn't love like a I violent said, fart it, it's a dream of mine to fart so hard that it cracks my back <laughs> yeah. you know <laughs> that's right yeah mm-hmm. man keep dreaming the dream you know because you'll get there someday you gotta I think work that's at what it, that but... song dream on was about right mm-hmm. if you listen to the subtext yeah there's like a bridge in there it's mostly uh, toots mm-hmm. so and trombones and tubas yeah <laughs> the, I've, i haven't heard the song in a while but i'm pretty sure it's it's toots trombones and tubas mm-hmm. so hell yeah hell yeah the the, the fartiest instrument the tuba <laughs> i know right it's a really funny uh-huh. instrument yeah it's a good one unless you can How play the whoopee cushion i don't know if it's an instrument or not someone was like at the horn factory they're like how do we how do we weaponize a fart <laughs> to be in music? It feels kind of like a ploy sometimes, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. They, they put a lot of like time and effort into making a tuba. Mm-hmm. They were like, so this is a fart you can play with your mouth? You're like, hell yeah. Hell yeah, dude. Some call it the mouth fart. Look at this thing. It's all twirly and twisty. It's crazy. You gotta, this is a contraption you have to wear. <laughs> you can like walk in a parade behind someone. I think they didn't they do that with like dipshit Donnie. There was like a no, it was it was a, some like Proud Boys march or whatever, um, or like a Klan march, uh-huh. yeah, more or less the same thing. Same, yeah, yeah. Uh, where somebody was like walking behind them and they were playing like this dipshit like tuba sound, <laughs> like boom, 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 boom. <clears throat> it really like and deflated like their, their message. Yeah. Oh man, like I love that. Of them. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's really good. Mm-hmm. That's, that's like subtle. Like, or it's mm-hmm. not, I mean, like, obviously it's in your face. It's a tuba. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, it's like you're, you're subtly making fun of them instead of just, like, getting violent like they would or whatever. Yeah. It's like, let's just laugh at them because they're stupid. 
Yeah, I, I, I support that tactic. It was real life trolling of the highest order. Yes. Because it's like, you have to like, where did I, where's my tuba? I got to like, <laughs> will it fit in my car? Can I borrow someone else's car? I have a, I have a, like a, I, I drive a Mini Cooper. Mm-hmm. There's no way it's going to like fit in this totally. fucking thing. So I had to like rent a car, you know? Yeah. Had to take it there, take it out of its case, tune it, spit valve, a whole thing, mm-hmm. put it on. Oh shit. It's cold. Ooh. It's going to be chilly today. More windy than I thought. Let me take this fucking thing back off. Put on a windbreaker. Mm-hmm. Put on another coat on top of it. Put the tuba back on. You know what? This is going to get hot. This is going to get too hot. <laughs> take this you off. the other way. Take, okay. Take the original coat off. Windbreaker only. Still okay. We'll make this work. Yeah. Put it back on. Mm-hmm. Tune this fucking thing. Is it? It sounds a little. Is there a ringing sound in this? Let me get out my tiny hammers that are used for <laughs> testing people's nerves and their knees. <laughs> People don't realize uh-huh. the effort that went into yeah. making fun of these racists, but this hero Ugh. got in there and did it. You know, we salute you. Yep. Person. Salute I, don't, hero. I don't remember if it was a woman or a man, but. Tuba hero. Mm-hmm. Tuba hero. Yeah. Oh, man. It's beautiful. Finally. Yeah. <laughs> I, I hear they're going to be part of phase five of the MCU. I'm really looking oh, forward wow. to it. Oh, wow. Uh huh. Tuba hero. <laughs> when you hear the farts coming, you know, Tuba <laughs> hero is near. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Well, um, um, yeah, you said you had like a one mini topic, I think I do to mention is, is, is that right? Yeah, this is true. Okay. Did you want to do it? Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> I thought you had something that you wanted to do for your side. Um, uh, no, you go ahead. Okay. Yeah. So mine is tied to our, our main topic here. This oh, is a, uh, not really a documentary. I don't know what to call this. Mm. Um, it's, it's kind of like a, a stage play type of thing. Um, it's called Beastie Boys Story. It's on Apple TV Plus. Oh, okay. And uh, a few years ago, they put out <clears throat> Mike D and Adrock. They put out a book called Beastie Boys Book, and this uh, is like a stage version of that. It's the two of them telling the story of the Beastie Boys going back to uh, when they're first formed, up through uh, the passing of MCA. And um, yeah, they recorded it and uh, they put it on Apple TV Plus, so you can watch it. Badass. Um, Man, it was so good. It was so entertaining. I was enthralled by it the whole time. There's a lot of like humor sprinkled throughout. It's directed by Spike Jones, so there's some like Sweet. Uh, cool like visuals that are in there as well. Spike Jones uh, did a decent amount of their like music videos back in the mm, day. That makes sense. And um, but yeah, man, it was a lot of fun. Um, toward the end of it, where they talk about MCA's passing, uh, they you know it gets somber and yeah. Ad Rock tears up a bit. But, uh, man, it's just really interesting to hear them speak about their history in their words. Um, and I used a lot of that stuff to make notes for the main album discussion today. Some of it, like, confirmed some of the stuff that I found in my research. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah, man, it was just very interesting. I, again, like, Apple TV Plus is killing it. I've not seen anything on that streaming mm-hmm. service that I've not enjoyed to high levels, you know? I haven't watched everything that's on there, but everything that I have watched is just peak quality yeah yeah the stuff that i find on there i i generally really like um ted lasso being number one that's like the main mm-hmm. reason i i get it but there's so many shows and stuff on there documentaries i haven't really seen a lot of but i know that they have some good stuff on there um mm-hmm. and after listening to this beastie boys album and reading a little bit more about them and stuff i would totally watch that because i saw something like in the wikipedia or whatever it mentioned like a documentary they had and i was like mm-hmm. oh my god i would love to know more about them um because you only get so much just reading it you got to see it you know brent 
Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You thought that you for years. You have to see it for yourself. I'm not, yeah, I'm like, you're yeah. supposed to read the book? The hell? <laughs> the book? Uh, uh, full disclosure. Great. Full disclosure. Um, I do have Beastie Boys book. I got it for Christmas one year. I was like, oh. yes, fucking finally. It's been sitting on top of a shelf ever since. Uh, Are you going to read it? It's just because it's a book. I mean, you don't usually, right? So it's it's propped up mm-hmm. with some Power Rangers Funko Pops on top of oh, it. Oh, yes. Yeah, so like, you can't move it. What am I? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What am I supposed to do? You know, <laughs> that's a load bearing book at this point. Oh, that's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you don't want to mess that up. I remember liking some of the pictures that were in it. Mm-hmm. It's a thick ass book, too. That's not fucking around. Like, it sounds like a cool book as well. It's thick with like six C's. Whoa. That's a lot. Mm-hmm. It's like Thanos thigh thick. Mm-hmm. You could say. One could say. One could say. <laughs> Which should one though? I don't know. Um, but that's mm-hmm. cool, yeah. I would I would probably read that book too, but um that documentary would be a good good place to start. because um, that sounds like a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. I was It was. I only had a little bit to mention. I, I've only been watching. I'm kind of in the middle of some stuff, and I'll mention stuff a little bit later. But uh, I did want to briefly mention that I did start Squid Game finally. You did, okay. So I'm I'm getting on that train a little bit. Um, I I was wondering. Uh, the game is afoot. <laughs> I was wondering with you. Did uh, did your wife um, uh, Ham Hammersley Hammer Hammersben? Did your wife Hammersben? <laughs> Sorry, I always get that mixed up. Uh, did she watch that with you? Hammer's been solo. Yes, yeah. uh, she did. Yeah, she she watched the whole thing. She wasn't as into it as okay. I was, but she like stuck it out. It was just like, well, I guess we'll watch this now. <laughs> Perfect. Like, well, I'm into it, so <laughs> yeah, you enjoy. I, I started it alone. I couldn't tell if my wife Amanda would like that or not, so I I told her a little bit about how um, the first episode, like the premise of it and stuff. But then mm-hmm. I'm holding out for now. I'm going to see if I think she would like it because she is a big fan of Train to Busan and some mm-hmm. other you know like Asian cinema. And so I was like, she might dig this. I'm not sure. But um, I'm going to hold that review. I'll, I'll finish it and hold it um, for our Asian pop culture episode that we are, okay. are planning coming up. So, uh, nice. But I did finally start that one, which is fun. So I'm a little behind the times, but it'll be good. Yes. Um, but yeah, I didn't really ho- have a whole lot uh, to mention that I have been watching or anything. So um, tell you what, let me throw one more thing on the pile before it. we move forward, because this is music related. I watched a stand-up special by Fred Armisen called Stand Up for Drummers on Netflix. Yeah, okay. Uh, and uh, I've, I've heard some of his material on uh, satellite radio. There's a station on there called, uh, fuck, I don't know. It's something about Netflix. I cannot think of the channel. But it's uh, essentially just taking uh, tracks here and there from different Netflix stand-up comedy, and mm-hmm. they, they play it like you would listen to music on a radio. And... Um, is it called Netflix and Chill? I don't know. I can't think of it. I think that might be the station name. But um, I've, I've heard a couple of like his tracks on there, and I thought, well, let me watch the actual special. And it's him uh, at this venue. I think it's like adjacent to a music store or something. Okay. Um, but he's got all these drum kits like down the main center aisle of it, and it's like a drum kit through the ages. So it like starts mm. with uh, the oldest uh, drum kit they could find that was like related to popular music mm-hmm. working its way forward That's in time cool. and then on either side you've got the audience and i think when they were having people come through uh there was a sign that said drummers only mm-hmm. because a lot of the jokes were for drummers so that's the name of the special but uh they had video of like the doorman there was a little like practice pad up front with drumsticks and people would come through and they would like tap on it and i guess if they were 
you know, he could tell they were drummers. They got in. If not, oh, that's funny. See ya. But I don't know that that's the case for everyone because I'm sure people brought spouses or whatever. But, no, only drummers. I no. like that rule. <laughs> that's what it's, it's just they have to wait outside. Yeah. Get out. Well, I'd love to like a couple shows up with their child. And like the the husband and the wife, both drummers, kids not. He has got to stay outside in the parking lot. And they're like, yeah. bye, kid. This is going to be great. It's cold. Leave him in the car with the windows rolled up. Yeah, it's fine. I don't know what to tell you. God, got to do everything here? I'm the doorman. <laughs> I'm the door, man. Oh, um, wow. Mm-hmm. Existential crisis. So uh, anyway, the, the special is, uh, like I said, a lot of jokes about like uh, setting up drum kits, mm-hmm. uh, different snare, snare sounds. He has uh, drummers f- come in and play like with him because he's like a multi-instrumentalist. Mm-hmm. So sometimes he's like playing guitar or whatever. And uh, like Trey Cool from Green Day, mm-hmm. the drummer for Green Day, he comes in and he plays with him a little bit. Um, they have a little like bit that they do or whatever. Um, but overall, it was like, not that good. <laughs> like, I, I <laughs> wow, after all that setup, I was like, this sounds great. Yeah. No, it was <clears> like, it was, it was all right. Like, I just mm-hmm. watched it to watch it and, like, get through the whole thing. I, gotcha. I was hoping that it would be a lot funnier than it was. And, like, I'm not a drummer myself, but I've mm-hmm. been in bands with drummers. And so I, like, I understood the jokes, but it didn't, it seemed like he really needed to, like, workshop the the jokes a lot more because mm-hmm. they tended to meander a lot. And that's coming from me. <laughs> I know of meandering, you know. But, uh, yeah, overall, I thought it was, like, just okay. If you're a drummer or it sounds something that might be of interest to you, Mm -hmm. I'd say, like, give it, you know, the first 10 minutes or so. And if it's not your thing, then uh, you can piece out of it. But, yeah, that was a thing I watched. I find that his humor sometimes is, it's so different and off. Um, If I don't laugh at it or if I don't get it, I feel like it's probably above my head. Like, he feels sometimes in a way that I'm like, he's doing a bit. I might not understand it, but I respect it usually, you know, Mm -hmm. Uh, even if I don't get it. So I wonder with that if it would be like, no, this just isn't for me or, uh, you know, if I would kind of like it or not. Who knows? But yeah, um, Mm -hmm. sometimes his jokes feel like they need to be workshopped more. But like it's the way he delivers them. That's so funny to me, like on SNL and stuff Mm -hmm. when he was, you know, doing stuff on there or whatever. Yeah, Um, I think he's pretty good with like pre-written material mm-hmm. or if he gets to play characters or whatever but just like him with the with the jokes i wasn't wasn't that yeah i guess i've really heard that that much yeah mm-hmm. just him with yeah. jokes and stuff not being in the character um yeah yeah so that's interesting yeah. um but what was that on you say on netflix on netflix yeah oh that's right because it was uh netflix and fucking on serious <laughs> yeah uh, xm radio right you know what it's gonna drive me nuts i gotta i gotta look this up it's, <laughs> You're like i gotta know my brain was using up so much of its <laughs> tiny bandwidth to try to figure out what the name of that station was. Netflix is a joke radio is the, the oh, channel. Okay, yeah, channel have, 93. They have like uh, Netflix is a joke on YouTube that pops up a lot mm-hmm. uh, for like clips and stuff from like stand up or whatever. Oh, OK. Yeah. yeah. So maybe it's the same kind of idea or whatever. So Netflix is a fuck. Got it. All right. Yeah. Moving on. Uh, so, yeah, you want to go ahead and jump into the main topic then? Yeah, that's like a plan. So, Beastie Boys, licensed to ill, nineteen eighty six, and um, I was curious of your history with Beastie Boys and mine as well. Um, we don't talk about them a lot, but it's one of those groups that I've always known so well, and I know a lot of their songs, and I would say I'm a fan mm-hmm. of theirs, but um, I don't listen to them a lot, and uh, so I'm really excited to talk about this album with you. But did you want to go back and just talk to, talk about like your history? Like, did you own albums that kind of stuff? 
Sure, yeah. I, I've owned several albums by the, the Beasties. I think the only one that I didn't ever buy was Paul's Boutique, which is the second album mm. by them. So mm-hmm. it came directly after this in 1989. Um, but I was like thinking about it this morning. It's like, how come I've never listened to this album? Like I've I've, yeah. I've heard a couple of songs off of Paul's Boutique before, but I've never really like sat down with it. So I downloaded it on Apple Music today, sponsored content. No, it's not. We don't. We're just, we're just paying for the show. <laughs> no, it's um, not. But uh, so I'm going to listen to that this week mm-hmm. at some point um, cool. just so I can get an idea of it because it's supposed to be like sample heavy and and all this stuff on. Yeah. To it. Online, it said it was so different. I went through because you had said that you listened to this album and then you would like so many times this week. You went ahead and were mm-hmm. like skipping around to other songs from other albums. So yeah. I was like, I'm curious of what songs I know on their other ones. Um, this one had the most singles that I knew this this license mm-hmm. tale. But um, Paul's Boutique, I was like, I don't think I know a single song title on here, so I don't know that I've ever heard any of them. Oh, and, okay. Um, so that was really interesting. But people online, yeah, they were saying like it was not as well received as this album at first, and mm-hmm. it was like more experimental and stuff. But I'm like, that's kind of what they get into in the 90s more, I feel, and it's mm-hmm. some of the stuff that I love the most. So, yeah. Yeah, interesting. Um, as for License to Ill, yeah, I used to own this album. It was like, I think every one of my friends in my... Uh, group of friends back mm-hmm. in school i think we all owned this album oh, yeah? because it's just like there's so many hits totally. uh, it, it got like heavy radio play back in the day and this is like in the middle of oklahoma mm-hmm. so brass monkey fight for your right all of these songs were on like heavy rotation at that time amongst other beastie boys tracks mm-hmm. Sabot- you got your sabotage yeah <laughs> you got your intergalactic <laughs> you got your body movements you mm-hmm. know all these songs all at the same time. And uh, so, yeah, this was a, a big favorite of mine. And I listened to it multiple times, like all the way through back in the day. But right I did gravitate specifically to um, certain songs that we mm-hmm. can like get into as we, we go forward. But, uh, yeah, I, I own this album back in the day. What about you? Um, so I have, don't think I've ever owned one of their albums, but I specifically remember this one in my brother Jeff's uh, cassette tape collection oh yeah which i remember he had on the wall he graduated high school in 1994 so the like hair metal stuff was like really big to him you know like middle school and Mm -hmm. high school and stuff um and then this this as well though i remember this album i remember like specifically fight fight for your right i associate with my oldest brother um so Mm -hmm. much so that i i didn't before this episode because i only got to listen to this album last night all the way through for the first time and um, I wanted to contact him, though, and be like, I want to ask you about Nirvana. I want to ask you about this because it was right uh-huh. during his era, you know, uh, way mm-hmm. more than it was mine. Those songs were like heavily on the radio and they influenced me growing up, but they weren't like my teenage years, you know, and everything. So sure. Uh, yeah. But this one I loved because I knew I knew a lot of the singles, although the, when I was looking at it on Wikipedia, there were like six or seven. I think it's six singles from this album. Seven. Seven? There are? God, that's a, crazy. A, a Weezer's Guess is Worth <laughs> of singles <laughs> right. on this one. And it's so weird because uh, the first few of them were songs that I don't think I've ever heard before. And they were the first singles mm-hmm. before the the ones that I do know, like Fight for Your Right and Brass Monkey and stuff and Girls. Mm-hmm. Um, but I knew those singles so well. But I was I was floored listening to this album all the way through. Um, man, I had such a good time. And mm. it was it was fantastic to kind of get it now and be like, holy shit, this was in 1986. I was one year old when this album mm-hmm. came out. That is fucking crazy. There was so much <laughs> experimental shit in this to me. Uh, it was just wild. So I don't remember like and I didn't I don't remember ever owning um, ill communication. That's the one with sabotage. 
right? Yes. It came out. Mm-hmm. I don't remember owning that, but like that song also, like that was like a, such a huge song and video. I remember like on, on MTV at the time, that was so huge. Um, and I still fucking love that song and video. But uh, this album, you know, I knew some of the singles and then thought they were one way and they are so much more and so much more fun than I remembered. And I'm, I'm really looking forward to exploring their other albums after hearing this one now and seeing what I like. Mm-hmm. I know I need to go through and make a BC Boys playlist of all or like all my favorite songs yeah. by them because it would be such a long playlist. There's so much good know, stuff right? out there. <laughs> that yeah. is so fascinating. Yeah. And especially with like later albums, they get a little more like uh, mellow, like jazzy or like mm. a little bit more like funk based or whatever. Oh, yeah. Instead of sampling other artists, they start writing their own like drum beats and uh, guitar and, and bass riffs and everything. Uh-huh. And they use that as their their backing track or whatever. They still use samples from time to time, but they start to become musicians themselves and, and make their own stuff. So see that's kind of neat to listen yeah they were when i was looking at the band online and they were talking about like the founding members and they started as like a punk rock band Mm -hmm. and like the late late 70s early 80s and stuff and then they like changed members and then this is like what they ended up with and they went more into hip-hop and stuff and they had such a different i don't know uh starting point from what i expected and then different like sound and everything um i don't know it was it was really interesting to kind of go back through that but then they would mention that they you know they, they all did like vocals but then they'd be like bass and drums and i was like i listen to this album i literally cannot tell you what they are doing versus what they are sampling i don't uh-huh. know it's such a mishmash of stuff and and such a beautiful way like that it's all put together through them or their producers i'm not sure like who all uh-huh. had a hand in what but it's like fascinating to me but i was like i literally couldn't tell you if this is a sample, if this is brand new, if this is them playing a real instrument that is sampling a different drum beat that someone else did, but it's like they're recording it brand new. It was wild to me. And so that's that opens my eyes a little bit more to see like where they went with that. But uh, they've had mm-hmm. such a varying journey, you know, with stuff they've made. So, yeah, just oh, cool don't stop believing. No. Do not stop believing. <laughs> uh, well, let's talk about the album itself. So it was released on November 15th in uh, 1986 by Def Jam and Columbia Records. The personnel for it are beastie boys which are mike d mca and ad rock and then the album was produced by rick rubin and beastie boys one thing i saw online is uh it's just beastie boys it's not the beastie boys oh, do i keep calling which, them that too no i'm, I'm okay. saying like i would call them that yeah. as well it's like i like the beastie boys but yeah. it's just beastie boys and uh yeah i think we should all take a moment to look mm. in the mirror say Candyman three times <laughs> reflect on it and then uh-huh. you know I don't know, get murdered or whatever. I don't know. I've not seen Candyman. I don't know what he does. I hear he brings candy. It sounds delightful. Should, I think that's yeah, what Rachel was that. telling us. Yeah. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. I'm excited to um, get, revisit those. Mm-hmm. So like you were saying, this is the first studio album by the group. Uh, they, they had an EP before, but it wasn't like an actual like studio studio. It's yeah. just kind of like random recordings or whatever. Um, this is actually the first recording with Ad-Rock as part of Beastie Boys and like you were saying, the band was originally a like a hardcore punk band. Um, they had an EP called Polywog Stew. The original band members uh, prior to Licensed to Ill were Mike D and MCA. Um, MCA played bass, and then Mike D was on like vocals and like tambourine or something like that. 
And then their friend John Barry was on guitar. And then Kate Schellenbach played drums, washboard, and backing vocals. Uh, she later went on to play drums for the band Luscious Jackson. Uh, and her role in Beastie Boys is uh, peppered throughout that Beastie Boys story mm. uh, show that's on, right on Apple TV+. And um, we can get into that further, but like it sounds like uh, they got... I don't know if they got like all up in their own brains about like, oh, uh, well, we need to turn this into a rap group, so we need to mm. get rid of her or whatever. She um, had a vagina. Well, that's the problem. She's not a One boy. One thing that I love is that one of the founding members of Beastie Boys was, in fact, a woman. I kind of, uh, yeah, I never knew that it's either. It's so delightful yeah. to me, you know? Uh, and, you know, she, like I said, she is like a figure throughout that Beastie Boys story. Mm-hmm. It's like throughout their history, she's like part of it. Um, Altogether, there were seven singles released from this album, and uh, Licensed Ill became the first rap LP to top the Billboard album chart, and it's been certified diamond, uh, meaning over 10 million units sold in the U.S., uh, certified diamond in March of 2015, so I'm sure it's probably sold more since, uh, especially after we drop this episode, <laughs> yeah. people's gonna interest are going to spike. They're going to be like, why are there so many sales? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it all points back to us. I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. That's crazy that it keeps just going like that, though. It's the same thing mm-hmm. with um, like the Metallica album and Nirvana that they're yeah. like, they just kept selling and they do for like perpetuity you know mm-hmm. and like so many copies still like yearly i'm not sure what that adds up for the beastie boys but the fact that they would reach the diamond status so mm-hmm. far after that it's like wild but there you go yeah and i you know unlike metallica and nirvana who recently released um like expanded editions of those mm-hmm. albums or had bonus content to go along with it this uh, really didn't have anything like this album is just this album. Yeah. I didn't see like a special like deluxe version of it with all mm-hmm. these extra songs or instrumentals or anything like that. It was mm-hmm. just like, no, nope, this is it is what it is. Yeah. You know, which is so, cool. It stands on its mm-hmm. own. I know at a certain point they stopped receiving royalties on this album. Hmm. The the titular Beastie Boys themselves, uh, which is perplexing to me. I don't know how you would like start receiving royalties and then not anymore. But that's why they ended up leaving Def Jam. I was going to say, yeah, point. I saw something about them leaving Def Jam. And, and it was mm-hmm. weird because they talked about them being like friends with Rick Rubin. They're like they hired mm-hmm. him as a DJ. He was at school. And I was like, what? Mm-hmm. And he became like so influential and stuff. But then they had like a falling out of some sort. So, yeah, I wonder if there was something with the rights. I always hate that with artists that they don't have, you know, they try to break into the business. and They sign away a bunch of shit. I'm not sure if that's what happened here, but. You know, they, they're trying to make it and then like like Taylor Swift, you know, and like she's mm-hmm. come back now and like sued for the rights to songs that she wrote. It's so yeah. weird that that wouldn't just be inherently like you can't you literally just can't sign that away. You like they can't have those like you're the artist. You always have mm-hmm. some sort of rights to it, but it's not the way it works. It was like a few years ago when Universal Music Group, they revealed that there was some type of warehouse fire and a mm. lot of master recordings were destroyed. Yeah. But it was only uncovered because, like, someone, like, broke the story or whatever. Like, somebody had to, like, go digging around to right. find it. They did, They weren't, like, Universal wasn't coming forward and being like, hey, this, someone's smoking a cigarette. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No filter. Uh, hashtag no filter. And uh, <laughs> fire started. Uh, somebody had to uncover it. And it seems, like, so shady. Like, especially because certain contracts will be like, we get to keep the master recording, mm-hmm. but, like, whatever you want. Beyond that, you know, it, it can vary yeah, yeah, a little part bit. of the rules. That, yeah. But if they have their master recordings destroyed, I feel like the artist should know about that because that should give them 
some mm-hmm. leverage to do go elsewhere or whatever you know yeah but i'd be pissed if like something happened to the master recordings of something i had you know it'd be i don't know that's fucked up it is fucked up yeah and mm-hmm. i i remember hearing about that too and it's like it the master recordings for like albums that are really important you know mm-hmm. and and that's crazy so that's like all the individual like tracks that are recorded for an album you can go in there and like tweak them later you yeah know, once the Do technology remaster. catches up to like yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly um, but that said, if someone wants all the master recordings for <laughs> let's talk about stuff, um, we have them and they are up for sale. Cheap <laughs> bargain basement discounts. That's what we're talking. That's right. Mm-hmm. We will no. sell the rights. Yeah, we don't care. Mm-hmm. What if we sold it for like six dollars, which is not even half <laughs> of <laughs> the monthly SoundCloud? Let's do it for seven. Let's match the mm-hmm. singles off this okay. album at least there we go yeah. that works well speaking of singles off the album um the first track on this album is not one i was just trying to like get into like you know talking about the the songs yeah it was a good um, transition it was really good but single Bro. is like one thing and we'll start <laughs> and with track is- one <laughs> so there we go good so let's talk about first track, which is Rhyming and Stealing. Uh, it includes a sample from Led Zeppelin. I'm sorry, samples from Led Zeppelin, Black Sabbath, and The Clash. Um, the the uh, guitar riff from uh, Sweet Leaf, which is from uh, Black Sabbath, mm. is heard throughout this song. And it's fucking hard. It's fucking hard, dude. There's so much good um, in this one. I can only imagine like hearing this live in concert. Oh. Especially like back in the day, yeah. you hear that guitar riff over this hip hop beat, which is something that wasn't like super prominent I back know. in the day. I think Run DMC would do stuff like that, but it's this specific type of producing by like Rick Rubin and mm-hmm. uh, just like mashing up these genres that that works so well. Um, and then there's like a refrain toward the end of it with Alibaba and the Forty Thieves, mm-hmm. and uh, man, I like that a lot too. And I, I love I that part. Somewhere- <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I, I read somewhere that it was like supposed to be a, a like a double entendre because it's reference to Alibaba and his actual like homies that were mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. thieves and they numbered 40. But it's also Alibaba stealing a 40 of beer. Oh, you know? OK. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it works on multiple levels. Yeah, yeah, yeah. multiple right. levels. Multiple That's what levels. we're working with. Man, mm-hmm. these Beastie Boys. Yeah, it's you can say that, though. These Beastie Boys, These Beastie Boys, that's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, my first note uh, listening to the song, I put it on last night while my wife was taking a bath. I had some time to myself. I was like, I'll throw it in this album. Finally, been painting my house too much. Didn't have a lot of time. Mm-hmm. And uh, first note, damn, with like nine ends. And, okay. and then it was all caps. Love this. And then it was mm-hmm. that drum that Led Zeppelin. I think it's from When the Levee Breaks is uh the drum beat they oh yeah that. Mm-hmm. which i it's like stuff i remember especially like zeppelin songs it's, there's a lot that i don't know the names of but like they're so iconic i just know them and they this is one i was like wild names this? for their songs i know right i don't know what this mm-hmm. one's about at all yeah yeah um i fucking love this song uh it's great straight out the gate this one got mm-hmm. me and and they keep going um for the first few songs uh, i was floored this is one i've never heard before and mm-hmm. I was having a fucking blast all by myself. I just had my headphones in. I was just jamming out all by myself. And I've listened to this particular song. I've listened to the album probably three times now since last night. And like some of the music videos and stuff. Uh, I've listened to this song like six times now, though. Because it's just, it, I just loved it. It's, it's one of my favorites that wasn't this, a single. 
um, that I knew already, you know, which uh, okay. I was thinking of versus like Nirvana and Metallica when we did those mm-hmm. albums. Um, it was pretty much the singles that I really liked. There was a few right. other like Nirvana songs mostly um, that I was like, oh, this one's kind of cool and this one's kind of cool. But they weren't there's nothing like at a oh, I've never heard this and it's amazing. And on this one, I was like, there were a bunch that I was like, holy shit, I'm going to add this one to my like playlist now. I'm going to add this one that I listen to like all the time now. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, can't can't guess better than enough. I really loved rhyming and stealing. It's it's fun. These are like fun, kind of like party it's songs so fun. for the most part. Yep. There's a lot of like fun energy, even like slow and low, which is a yeah. slower song. Great. It still has like a, a fun energy, which uh, I don't necessarily associate with a slower tempo song like that. Yeah. But but with these yeah. guys, mm-hmm. there's something about these it, like mm. titular boys. Yeah. These boys. There's they doing it. There's definitely like this whole album. Even like there was ones like, um, well, I guess do you have any more to say about this this particular track? Because my next note maybe it goes for the next track. So, uh, no, not on this one. So we can move on. Okay, to cool. the next one. Mm-hmm. Uh, track two, the new style. Um, it's like a weird beat, and like it's it's almost like they're rhyming like off. I, I couldn't tell what it was. It's like they're rhyming like off signature, or like the beat is like a weird timing signature or something. And the way they rhyme on top of it, it's like it, it threw me for a little bit, but it's also like really cool. And then it changes later on. Like there's so many parts of these songs that are like they don't just like mishmash all these, you know, their their hip hop or their like rap over this old Led Zeppelin song and this cool beat from this song. They also like change like genres in the middle of songs. Like some songs completely change tones and like all kinds of stuff. Like they're just mm-hmm. they're so experimental and interesting and there's always something going on and like every song i think i liked a little bit and some of them i fucking loved uh the new style Mm -hmm. was also really cool um i really liked that one Uh, just like how it all ended up playing out and everything it took me a little bit to get into but then i was like oh i fucking Mm -hmm. love this and brent hello brent hello there is there is a line in this thing this this fucking dropped me on my ass there's a song by LFO, a boy, a, a shitty boy band group who had one song in mm-hmm. the 90s. I know where you're going. Right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I have made fun of a specific line that they mentioned in there for decades where they say, I stole your honey like I stole your bike. Right. And it's from this song. Right. I, I didn't know that until this. <laughs> listen, this is another song, a new style I'd never heard before. I think this was, this was a single, though. This was the right. third single from the album. Yeah. Crazy. I don't remember ever hearing this before, but when I heard that line, I had to go back. I I, I got so excited because in here I'm like, oh, that's that's a cool line. I like that or whatever. It's funny. LFO singing it was like always so silly. Like it sounded like, I don't know. Uh, it sounded like a rip off boy band trying to rip off hip hop. Yeah. And they were. But mm-hmm. I just found that out in 2021, which is really exciting. Um, yeah, it's fucking great. So <laughs> that was really fun for me. Um, talking about the, the the change up on these tracks, um, mm. you're talking about musically. Yeah. This this song by itself really is just the the Beastie Boys <clears throat> rapping over just drums for the most mm-hmm. part. Like the choruses have maybe a sample here and there, but it also has like scratched horn stabs as well. Yeah. But otherwise, there's no like musicality that's on the like verses. So. Um, 
I thought that was interesting, especially like toward the end of the song where the drums change. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it goes over. It's like from sample drums, I believe, from the the mm. first like two thirds of it, and then they. <clears throat> Excuse me. They bring in the 808 drums mm. with that like low bass kick, right on, and uh, it changes up the the like the feel of the song, but it's consistent with the like vibe of it, mm-hmm. I guess. Um, and then also there's a, a sample in the song from Peter Piper by Run DMC, which is my favorite mm. Run DMC song, uh, where it, it's just like there it is, like it's just like a quick sample. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they had to like pay for that because around this time. Sampling wasn't as uh, utilized mm-hmm. uh, necessarily in like, like hip hop was like a newer thing. Yeah. People didn't really have like a context and... for like paying for samples or licensing these things. Mm-hmm. So, and they knew Ron DMC kind of around this time as well. So I don't know if they were just like given this or, or what. And maybe it's just like easier to clear. Well, I don't know. Run DMC is probably doing the same stuff too, right? Like sampling stuff. Oh, yeah. Because everybody was, sure, right? Yeah. Like <laughs> at uh-huh. that time. So. That's, that's what you would make it. That's what, like where it came from. How dare you steal this thing we stole? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> well, speaking of sampling, there's uh, a part in the song with the mm drop sample uh-huh. that is later used by the Beastie Boys in Intergalactic. So it references yeah. like back to this album, which I always think is fun. That's awesome. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a part. I, I I don't remember all the details of these songs. I wish I had had. Like I told you last night when I texted you, I was loving listening to it. Um, and you were like, I've been jamming out to it all week. And I was like, fuck, I wish yeah. I would have because it's been great. Um, mm-hmm. But there was there's a part I had a note where like that weird beat that I was talking about at the beginning. And I guess what you were talking about when it changed and stuff. There's just a part where it's just like, what? Where did this come from? And it's like a total change. And there's a, I put a note that there's, there's parts of their music. There was like a certain instrument, a, a keyboard, or it almost sounds like a xylophone or whatever that makes mm-hmm. me think it's, I feel like it inspired whenever you and I did our music years ago and what mm-hmm. we took and made as our theme show song for this, this show that like, do, 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 do. And the style of that instrument, which on my keyboard was called popcorn. Um, I oh, was yeah. like, I feel like I was mimicking some beastie boy stuff didn't really even realize it but when i heard this mm-hmm. album there was like stuff on it and this song has a part that i was like oh this is like what i was going for um it's yeah. almost like girls right like it's that same kind mm-hmm. of like doo, 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 that same kind of poppiness whatever that sound mm-hmm. that i was re- sorry reaching for and uh when we made our music and so and i didn't even mm-hmm. realize like how influential beastie boys were on me personally you know Mm-hmm. Yeah, the lyrics we were writing were also problematic, and uh, we, should, we should apologize for those. Oh, I'm so I'm sorry. I didn't mean it. They're sealed in a vault. It's okay. Nobody knows about them but us. Mm-hmm. But again, they are for sale. If anyone wants, it's them. part of the sale. I just I'm almost willing to give them away. Everything must go. Six dollars. <laughs> we're going out of business. <laughs> All right. Do you have anything else on no. the new style? Okay. Well, let's talk about track three, which is She's Crafty. The song is about meeting a pretty lady, bringing her home, and getting your valuables stolen. Uh, the song opens up with a sample from The Ocean by Led Zeppelin. Had no idea that's the name of that song. Nope. W- would have never guessed. Right. I just know the, the riff. Same, um, same here. I never know any other titles, I feel. It's just the riffs <laughs> and the drums and stuff. Yeah. Uh, I thought it was interesting when I was doing research on this that the name of the song was the inspiration for the Chicago-based all-female Beastie Boys tribute band, She's Crafty. Oh, okay. There you go. I would listen to that tribute band. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, I put uh, this was the third track in a row that I had not heard before. 
I'm listening to this album. I, I, you know, started off with a bang with Ryman and Steelin. I really like New Style. And then it got into She's Crafty. And my note here was like, what? Hell yeah. This shit is awesome. God damn. And right. this is where I texted you. <laughs> and I could, okay, not, yeah. I could not hold it in. I was like, you I was so excited. Ugh. Mm-hmm. And I was like, we usually try to wait for the show, you know, for in general, like keep more content mm-hmm. in here and be able to, to talk about it, you know, get those initial reactions. But I was like, I knew this was a big one for both of us. We were both excited to listen to this album and stuff, but we've never really talked about the Beastie Boys together. And I was like, holy Mm -hmm. shit, I have been missing out. Um, I had no idea I would love it this much. And this one I fucking loved. I don't have a lot of notes other than that, but I just loved it. It's good. It's a fun fun. song. Yep. It tells a story, you know. Speaking of, uh, I didn't. I only looked at a few lyrics. Um, Spotify mm-hmm. just updated, so they have lyrics on most of their stuff now, and they had them all for all of these songs. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't. I, I, if I caught something that they were saying, I would be into that, and I would like to know and kind of follow along. But for the most part, it's just it's just so interesting musically, and the the beats and the just the cadence of the rapping and stuff. I like their style mm-hmm. or whatever I listen to. Um, so I don't. I didn't look up any lyrics for any of these. I don't know if any of them have meanings. You know, that I didn't really know, except for mm-hmm. hearing about like fight for your right, really trying to be not an anthem to fight for your right to party, but more of like making fun of people that had songs yeah, like that, you know, yeah. besides them playing those kinds of, of games. Um, I didn't. Yeah. If you have any notes, I'd be curious, but I, I kind of let's let the music do its thing, you know, for the for them. I, yeah, I did the same thing. Um, I, I looked up some of the information on the songs, like just like informationally, not necessarily to like look at the lyrics mm-hmm. on Genius. And it was funny on like certain songs, they they will do like uh, Ad Rock's going to rap like the first three, four bars mm-hmm. and then Mike D will do it and then uh, MCA and then back to Ad Rock. But then sometimes they like tag team on lines mm. and you will have like certain parts of genius where, where it will be like at rock is going to be regular text. <laughs> Mike D is italicized MCA bold. Oh, All wow. three of them at once are bold and italicized. So as you're going through there, you're like, how did they possibly divvy up? That's crazy going to say what this seems like a fucking nightmare scenario. <laughs> yeah. Like how do you organize these three little like white raccoon boys yeah. to wrangle them to say okay you say this then i'll say this and then we come in together and then you do this it's it seems like a lot of effort yeah and it totally works i even saw that in the music videos i was watching um that there are parts where they would you know they like on their especially that style they would like go over each other like they're in the street dancing sort of mm-hmm. thing and then one would pop in to say his line and he would go back and another one would step forward and even yeah. that cadence i was like god you guys are really good at this but you look like basically young young dumb kids who by all mm-hmm. accounts are just getting hammered constantly how do you keep <laughs> track of any of this you know yeah um it's it's pretty great they're they're really good at it so i think they wrote most of their lyrics themselves so mm. i don't know that each person necessarily necessarily wrote their own lines but i think they were just like tossing rhymes back and forth totally. writing stuff down on napkins and going to the studio and putting that down i think there are a few exceptions where um, the head of Def Jam or Rick Rubin would like suggest certain lines mm-hmm. um, just to like uh, just to give them like a, a starting point maybe and then they go from there. I don't know. It seems like a kind of a, a crazy process, but I totally. mean it works out. I, it's enjoyable to me. Yeah. It's, mm-hmm. Yeah. I'll be that's again like why I would like to watch a documentary about them or like read about them and just know about more about the process because I think we we did a good job. But 
this we month did. Of, we did a great job <laughs> this month mm-hmm. of choosing besides the my favorite band everyone toxic event which was just a band i wanted to talk about um the other ones like these albums mean a lot the, those bands mean a whole lot to people um i don't know before listening to this album that i would have really thought the beastie boys were like so genius i would have been like yeah they're really good mm-hmm. and i like their music but now i'm like uh nope like there's something about them just like there is about the others yeah um mm-hmm. that's special and and they did seem young and dumb and whatever, but they're also extremely great and talented. And they had the first rap album that was number one on the Billboard charts. Like they they mm-hmm. were pioneers for this, like anybody else in that era. And I didn't realize I didn't give them the proper respect. I don't feel until I listen to this. And that's why I want to hear more of the stuff. I'm just like, mm-hmm. it's crazy. They're so good. They are spoken of highly in like the rap community. Mm-hmm. Like uh, Jay-Z did an, uh, an album called, well, it was called the Black Album. Uh, and he had this like, uh, I can't remember the name of the the like show or whatever, but he like put out a concert video mm. uh, after that album came out. Um, it's like what around the time he was going to retire, and then uh, there was like documentary footage of him making the album. Mm-hmm. At a certain point, he goes uh, when he was recording the song "99 uh, Problems," which was mm. produced by Rick Rubin. He's at Rick's studio, and then Mike D shows up just because he's like in the neighborhood, mm-hmm. and Jay Z is like speaking fondly of mm-hmm. listening to the Beastie Boys when he was growing up and everything. Awesome. And uh, it's just like, it's cool. Like, they're grandfathers of, like, that era. Yeah. And um, if you watch, like, videos on YouTube of them playing these different, like, uh, award shows or, like, BET shows or whatever, the people in the audience and, like, uh, the usually they have, like, people on the sides of, like, the the honored mm. guests or whatever so it's like wu-tang or public enemy or whatever they're like vibing to their song as well yeah so it's like the, everybody like gets legitimate it. love there crazy yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah and it's i i heard like eminem uh references them a lot as like an influence and stuff and then I, one of mm. his recent albums i guess the cover of it was like this cover um yeah i don't remember what, kamikaze okay yeah yeah, yeah. i'll look that up but um it's like, I feel like when I, like, uh, white rappers specifically, like, in my head, it's always been like they have so much more to to prove if they want to try to make it in that kind of genre. And Eminem, number one, I, is like the the version of that that I always saw. But I don't, I wonder what the Beastie Boys went through in that era because it was so new and they mm-hmm. were so influential so early on and they are beloved by that industry and the people that are, you know, have gone on to do these great things or whatever. But mm-hmm. I feel like... I heard about like Eminem, like, you know, trying to make it and like overcome his whiteness essentially to be like, mm-hmm. be respected in that industry. And here it just feels like they're part of the grandfathers of this, of hip hop, uh, the Beastie yeah. Boys, Beastie mm-hmm. Boys are. And so it's, I wonder, yeah, if they also had that kind of struggle, but in my head they didn't because it's like, they are as, you know, revered as anybody else would be. Mm-hmm. Talking about the album artwork. Uh, the front cover, mm. it looks like just the tail end of a an airplane, and it is. But once you, like, unfold it, you see that it's, like, crashed into a mountain. Yeah. And I always thought that was, like, funny. <laughs> I don't know why. It's, like, subtly funny where you yeah. think, it's okay, it's just like this. But then you, like, open it up and you see it's crashed. It's supposed to be, like, an appearance to, like, a smashed joint in an ashtray. Mm-hmm. That's, That's what, what I heard. I like, yeah. I had, like, no idea. I was like, well, this seems... It just crashed. It seems very like surface level. Right. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at the the Eminem's Kamikaze album. It is very similar. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I guess you know that's that was the point. So on the Beastie Boys album cover, it says uh, on the front of it, it has like some something written on the tail. Let me pull it up real quick. It says, 
3MTA3, and then it has the Def Jam mm-hmm. logo. And then if you look at it in a mirror or just, you know, look at it, just, actually, just wait a minute and I'll tell you. <laughs> uh, it says eat me, like in reverse, uh, essentially. Yeah. So if you're summoning Candyman in the mirror, oh, yeah. just like show him this and he'll be like, oh, man, hey, man, I thought we were cool. He's like, are you, you summon me, <laughs> dude? Are you Can sweet like honey? Because I'm sweet like honey. Mm-hmm. You can eat that. That's right. But I'm not eating you, okay? Yeah. I think he probably has a lot of feelings. Yeah. I haven't I seen mean, he's like he, His cavity is filled with bees. <laughs> yeah. You know, from what I understand. You've not seen it either? I, I've seen the original a long time ago, but I haven't seen okay. the new one at all. And I don't remember mm-hmm. the story of the original one. I don't remember the story of like what or who Candyman actually is. So I've heard so many people okay. talk so highly of it, though. I'm very mm-hmm. excited to watch the new one, especially. Perfect. Maybe we'll Let's revisit do it. that. February. Yeah. I don't know. I'm just throwing what? it out there. We'll see. Yeah. All right. Uh, next song. Yes. I have no idea where we're even at. I'm just so excited. <laughs> I got it. So, uh, track four is Posse and Effect. Mm. Uh, it's a, a fun. Let's make dumb rap songs mm-hmm. song. Is, is what this is. So it's like just got fun raps in there. Uh, one rap that stood out to me. Uh, one lyric, I should say, is from MCA. He says, you know, I got rhymes like Abe Vigoda, which was like <laughs> yeah, what? like a, a comedic like touchstone to me back in the day mm. because uh, he used to be on Conan O'Brien every once in a while. They'd bring him out just to be like, is he still alive? He walks out on stage you're like, yep. And then you're like, that's it. But I thought it was funny that this line that MCA says uh, about Abe Vigoda, um, Abe Vigoda outlived MCA by about almost four years oh okay. which is wild because he was in yeah. his like 90s when he passed or whatever and crazy and mca passed because of like cancer yeah but um yeah that line stood out <laughs> to me that was it was like one of the things yeah that's, that's one thing and uh the other note i have for this is that the snare drum on the song sounds like it's made out of lasers oh wow what a good mm-hmm. what a good note Mm-hmm. It is a good note. Thank you. Yeah, it's for sale. That, that note is for sale. It's, Everything it's must all go. included. <laughs> yeah. um, I don't have a ton of notes on this one. I, I put it first. I thought this one was kind of weird, but fuck, I'm enjoying it. And then my next note was, I'm just fucking loving this. So I really like grew on me as well. And then um, my, that was the note. That was the moment I was like, this was 1986. Like, it just feels so, I don't know. Like, again, putting this in context of other things, I was thinking this is like five years before that Metallica album. Metallica is also out in the world making stuff at this point in time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I Again, I was one year old. I was trying to think of this came out a year before the Monster Squad did. So those kids knew this. This was out in the world. Like there's just yeah. so much of it that I didn't experience this song. I didn't know Posse in effect either before this album. And again, it just kept going. But I was like, all right, this is fucking great. And it's so mm-hmm. interesting that it came out in that era to me. Um, and I had no idea that it was this good. Mm-hmm. So who could have known? Who could have known? I guess people we were tried. listening to it, but yeah, you know, not me. all the signs were there, but yeah, I just ignored all of them. <laughs> yeah, that's right. mm-hmm. I did. <laughs> You're like, I don't think so. Like, this is really good. And I'm like, yeah, I'll get to it in 2021. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh huh. And I did. Like, sure. And it holds up. <laughs> yep. <laughs> okay. Spoiler alert. Yeah. Uh, anything else for you on nah. Crossing and Effect? No, nah, that's cool. All right. Let's move forward to track five, which is Slow Ride. And uh, it contains a sample of Lowrider by the band War. And I, I read on, I think it was like Genius. They said that the song title is a reference to the Foghat song mm-hmm. of the same name. No, I'm sorry. Wikipedia. It says right here. Mm-hmm. Wikipedia. <laughs> oh, boy. According to Genius, I found this note on Wikipedia. 
Um, but I'm not sure that like the Fog Hat song and this song are related at all. You know, I don't know. Yeah, just the even title if it's of just it. title. Yeah, like it. Uh, there's not enough connective tissue there. Like people can just have similar, similar. Yes. Yeah. Uh, what am I trying to say? Titled things. Titled. Yeah. <laughs> I connected it only because that's like slow ride and then low rider and that kind of era of music were around the same Mm -hmm. time, but specifically in the, like in the movie dazed and confused. And Mm -hmm. so they, they go together that way. Like it's like the soundtrack of uh, the soundtrack of like seventies youth going, Mm -hmm. you know, driving around, cruising around and stuff. Um, and then I read that note too and I was like, Oh yeah, I guess this is true. But, uh, it, Mm -hmm. it changes the, like the low rider tune, like the stuff it steals, Mm -hmm. it's, um, samples, whatever. I don't care. Um, (laughs) steals in a good way. Um, it's Uh so iconic as well. Like everybody kind of knows that, but it's like sped up on this one. I feel if I remember right. Uh, it just sounds Mm -hmm. like different, right? It's like they, they, and they just take like little parts of it and, you know, do so much else around it. So, Mm um, yeah, it was, uh, I like I like those other songs so well. So this was the first one that I was really like, oh, I definitely know these songs for what they are. And this is new. Mm-hmm. And it was different. I didn't love this one, uh, but I liked it. Um, mm-hmm. And partly because I, I knew and I was in between with knowing those songs before. Uh, and yeah. they also mentioned Brass Monkey in the song. And I kept being like, I don't know what a Brass Monkey is. I'm very excited about it. Oh, they okay. seem extremely excited about it. So, yeah, mm-hmm. it pops up a few times. I think the the low rider sample in this song is like very fun. I've always loved yeah. that little like, uh, is that like a trumpet? I, yeah, I is think? it a trumpet? That sounds right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's fun. Yeah. Um, so anytime hearing that is is a good time to me. Right on. Corn uh, does a cover of the song Low Rider. Oh really? And, uh, it's wild, wild dude. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I can't even imagine those genres going together in my head. Mm-hmm weird that's what i think uh, jonathan davis plays bagpipes on that song that makes sense okay sure and is i think that's in place of the trumpet i was gonna say if I remember that correctly. The he plays interesting i think so yeah it's been a while since i've heard it but yeah hmm. it's good it's fun yeah yeah cool cool all right well let's move on to the sixth yeah. song on this album perfect which is also the seventh single and not at all problematic. Let's talk about girls oh, yeah. <laughs> i said problematic notes too yeah mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> Um, yeah, uh, girls. Yeah. All right, so track seven. Uh, we can... <laughs> We're just going to no, skip this... it so we don't get canceled. Look, this is uh, one of those tongue-in-cheek songs uh, mm. that people misconstrued at the time to be... Uh, to, to think this is what the Beasties actually thought about mm. women. Um, and it, I don't know. It's like, if you take it on its surface, then yeah, I can I could definitely see that. I, I don't... I don't know, man. Like, an argument could be made either way. Like, if uh, someone came up to me and like, dude, the song is offensive. You need to turn it off. Mm. I'd be like, first of all, Kid Rock says, you don't have to tell me what to do. And you can't tell <laughs> me what to favorite. do. He's your favorite. Oh, my God. It's like if Pizza Rat had a rap career. <laughs> that's what that is. That's him. Yeah. He, Kid Rock is a sentient rat. Uh-huh. That's good. Well, how t- sentient, you <laughs> yeah, know? Well, we'll like, say sentient. He's, yeah, we say sentient. He's, like, aware but not self-aware. <laughs> Like, he should certainly know better, you know? But um, we were hanging out with, uh, my wife and I, we were hanging out with our friends Ross and Katie last night, and Ross had a a Beastie Boys uh, playlist on, and it got to this song, and he was like, yeah, I'm going to change this. (laughs) Because it's just like, like, if it were just he and I, maybe we'd listen to it or whatever. But, you know, it's like, you don't want to offend the people you're with or whatever. But again, I feel like this is something, a, a lot of tracks on this album uh 
contain the lyrics that I could see being written to crack up your friends, you know? Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's what some of this is. But also, I could see just like uh, the next song, Fight for Your Right, uh, the message of that song got distorted yeah. and, and warped and like the, the, the frat bros started like wearing that on their sleeves to be their personality. I could see people thinking, oh, this is how women should be treated or whatever, which is certainly not the case. But also there's a, a part of me that just like enjoys the song for it being what it is. It seems like such an outlier of a type of song. It has like this shuffle, like polka shuffle beat mm-hmm. with it. I can actually play the song on the piano. Oh, and I, please I do. won't anymore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I don't feel it's that bad. I, I, I would have to go through all the lyrics. I had one mm-hmm. in particular that I put like the notes, like the lyrics. I was like, I'm curious, mm-hmm. but the hook and the chorus are so catchy to me. That's like really what I yeah. focus on. But there's in particular, there's one that's like, it's like girls to do the laundry and mm-hmm. in the bathroom. And I'm like, yeah, it's uh, yeah, mm-hmm. but it's not even like super offensive. That's like a common, especially at that time. That's like mm-hmm. a very common, like sitcom joke, you know, about like get in the mm-hmm. kitchen type of thing or whatever. Um, and yeah, and look, we've said multiple times on the show, the kitchen is no place for a woman. Exactly. Okay. So I didn't even but feel, you know, again, that's all tongue in cheek. Of course, women belong in the kitchen. Right? Yeah. 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 That's we're on the same page here. Exactly. It's all yeah. we're acting like those guys. Yeah. In reverse. Mm-hmm. And they're doing the same thing. I could totally feel that this I don't know, and they they've come out too, I'm not sure about this song in particular, but they've come out later on and said stuff about like their old you know songs and stuff. It's mm-hmm. specifically Fight for Your Right that, you know, it was meant to do one thing and then responded to by these guys as another what um i can certainly see girls being that same kind of way but it's mm-hmm. uh it's just so catchy like that that piano or whatever it is you know uh doing that it's just so fucking catchy mm-hmm. um i also had a note on here though that the the transitions between the songs or or lack of them i, I don't remember specifically which you know what happens from slow so slow ride to girls but um i really like just listening to this as a full album in a row and mm-hmm. how it all just flowed together. Um, yeah. There's just like really cool shit. And I, I really, I, I don't listen to full albums often. We've been doing that a lot more for the show this month though. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of cool to see how they like order songs and then how like transitions work or how things kind of go together. And uh, this one I thought was really fun. Um, however they did that, um, that it mm-hmm. worked together and stuff. So, but yeah, uh, I'm with you. It's, it's, it's more controversial than most of the songs on this album whatever but i still mm-hmm. dig it because it's just so catchy and i just, i remember growing up with it so much you know mm-hmm. yeah it's a fun song but you know know your audience if you're playing yeah. this out loud and <laughs> around other people you know <laughs> yeah um uh, i noted that uh mike d and mca provide doo-wop style backing vocals mm. on this and then also wikipedia says that this song has never been performed live yeah and wild i did a quick like google search for it and i didn't find any like videos of them playing this live mm. even like back in the day when this album came out um which i mean it was the seventh single released from this album so yeah. maybe by that point in the touring cycle they were like ah, yeah we don't even need to include this or whatever yeah but um the, the only thing I found was, like, this audio clip of, like, uh, the the music being played in between, like, two songs or whatever, and the audience is singing it instead yeah, of, that's like, cool. the Beastie Boys or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't even know if that was at a Beastie Boys concert. Like, it could have <laughs> been just, like, from anything, you yeah. know. Uh, but, yeah, I thought that was uh, interesting. Yeah, right on. 
let's move on to track seven fight for your right which is the fourth single released from this album and um like you were saying this song was supposed to be a parody of like party rock songs at the time mm-hmm. but the joke was lost on the masses and it ended up being where it, like in the music video especially when uh the beastie boys mm-hmm. are trying to be parodies of like rock stars and that be type of behavior uh partying like super hard and everything and eventually the the um that guys that they were wearing became like who they were Mm -hmm. so it kind of like worked in reverse for them it's so fascinating to me that 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 was the goal and the outcome yeah because mm-hmm. I, I certainly remember this song. This is the one I was mentioning, like my oldest brother, Jeff. I remember him listening to this song. I remember that music video so well. Um, and it's just a fucking fun song. But um, I didn't I didn't ever understand that it was meant to be that way. Because one of the notes I put was, it's a youth anthem. I, I remember listening to this song very young. And I knew that listening to this song, even as a kid that you had to fight for your right to party because no one else is going to do it for you. You know, like I remember, and my brother was, I don't think, um, he was, he was kind of the dude that was like partying in high school. Like, uh, I don't remember he was in a, I don't think he was in a frat in college, but he totally would have been like, he is kind of that, that bro dude. He loves sports. He loves, you know, at the time he loved drinking and partying and stuff. And, um, so I think he really didn't, I think he also didn't understand that they were like making fun of that stuff. I think he kind of embraced mm-hmm. it. So I certainly understood it that way. Um, yeah. And even now looking at that, it just adds more nuance to it. It's kind of funny to think that they were like making fun of it, but it's also still a fucking fun song. Like mm-hmm. they were like, we're trying to make fun of like Twisted Sister and like, we're not going to take it. And I was like, that's a fun song too. I like both of these for the same reasons. That's <laughs> yeah, totally fine for me. Yeah. Even if they're making uh-huh. fun of it, it totally works. And it's still, I fucking love it. It's still great. The first time I was ever aware of this song was not because I heard the song, but because I heard them reference it in a way in <laughs> Look Who's Talking, oh. where they're like <laughs> talking funny. to like, little baby Mikey and they're saying, you, you got to fight for your right to potty. You oh know? yeah, right on. And then, like, Man. later I heard the song, I was like, oh, this is the song they were talking about. I didn't realize <laughs> it was reference. Beastie Boys. Man, who knew? Yeah, yeah there you go. You know? Kirstie Alley, nothing's wrong with her. She's great. Yeah, she's doing it. Turned she's doing, out wonderful. Doing great. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. John Travolta, too. Doing great. Hey, you know what? Not into weird cults or anything. Just nope. all around. I wonder what happened to Mikey, though. He's he's also gone clear. Oh, no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Wait, is it gone clear good, though, or bad? I don't know. Let's move on. <laughs> uh, I watched the music video for Fight for Your Right again oh, with yeah. this one. I did that one and then No Sleep Till Brooklyn. Brooklyn. I was trying to find more of them, but mm-hmm. I, I couldn't find a, a ton um, for some reason. I thought there were more music videos from this album. But, uh, yeah, again, this one was, like, so iconic. But um, I also read about, and then I skipped through it a lot. I didn't realize it's, like, a 30-minute short film. But there's the Fight for Your Right Revisited. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. That they had done with like um, Danny McBride, Seth Rogen, and Elijah Wood as the Beastie mm-hmm. Boys, and I remember it coming out years ago, and I remember watching parts of it or whatever. But um, it was it was like, skipping through it. Like there's so many cameos in it. Later on, they're mm-hmm. visited by their future selves in a DeLorean, and it's uh, Will Ferrell, John C. Riley, and Jack Black is the older mm-hmm. Beastie Boys, and uh, it was pretty great. Just seeing all those people and like. Uh, I I saw that Seth Rogen was approached about it, and he was like, uh, "It's the fucking Beastie Boys." I didn't I didn't ask for a concept or more explanation. I said yes immediately because why the fuck not? They're the Beastie mm-hmm. Boys, and everybody just seemed like you said earlier to love them and and want to be a part of it. So it was it was mm-hmm. pretty fun to see that. Yeah, that kind of it's like video. a that 
that video is like a sequel to the fight for your right video yeah Mm-hmm. But it's like a 30, yeah, like I said, like a 30-minute short film. <laughs> yeah. And uh, it actually goes on a journey, a of, you know? I read mm-hmm. that a lot of the dialogue was, like, improvised on the spot there, so... Awesome. Hey, that works. Makes sense with those dudes, uh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. And then uh, the other thing I read about the music video for Fight for Your Right is that the 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 pies that they throw mm-hmm. with, like, the whipped cream or whatever, they were uh, they were made with, like, uh, the, the whipped cream they, like, found in cans in a dumpster. Oh, God. And they had gone, like they were like rotten or whatever Ugh. so like they're throwing these pies and they said that like afterward the entire room smelled like rotten <laughs> oh eggs oh my god like god damn and they'll be in your hair and everywhere mm-hmm. it's just part of you from that day forward you know man that's the that's what the beastie boys do for you they just stick with you mm. yum mm. Mm, that's tasty. the beastiness of it all <laughs> that's right mm-hmm. did we talk about what beastie stands for did you know it's an acronym i saw that online yeah yeah, yeah. i didn't know that before it's boys entering anarchistic states through inner excellence. So the first letter stands for boys, which oh, is also boys, part boys. of the title. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they mentioned that in Beastie Boys story and oh, they're funny. like, yeah, we know it sucks. It's dumb. <laughs> and boys is in there twice, essentially. But we just went with it. That's funny. Uh, did you have any other notes for Fight for Your Right? Nope. That's it. All right, let's move forward to track eight, which is No Sleep Till Brooklyn, uh, another guitar-heavy song. Mm-hmm. The song is about touring exhaustively and all the tiresome events that come along with it, but also emphasizes their determination to not rest until they reach their home base of Brooklyn. Uh, the guitar in the song is by Carrie King from Slayer, who was recording an album with Rick Rubin at Wild. the same time. It was their legendary album, Rain and Blood. You know it. We don't even need yeah. to get into it. Um, Do you know but it? Yeah, I do, oh, okay, of course. Cool. Yes, yeah. yeah. Uh, my favorite Slayer song is on that album. Oh, right on. And um, uh, it's good. It's called Barbie Girl. Is that right? Barbie, yeah. Yeah. The the band Aqua covered it. Oh, um, wow. I never, yeah, that's crazy. Mm-hmm. Original Slayer yeah. song. Um, yeah, I didn't know. Yeah. I put a note on this one. I didn't know if that guitar was from something else. I, I knew this title so well, No Sleep Till Brooklyn. Um, I knew the song and parts of it definitely, like when they say the No Sleep Till Brooklyn part, sounded mm-hmm. familiar but the rest of the song didn't and i couldn't remember if that guitar was from this or if i knew it as another sample from something so either way i liked I, it yeah i think it was original to this if i remember correctly cool. and i saw like conflicting notes uh about carrie king playing guitar on fight for your right as well mm-hmm. but also that like mca was in another band at the time and his guitarist hmm. like co-wrote that song fight for your right with them so I think interesting. It was just this song that Carrie King was on, but Carrie King is in the music video for this. Oh, like cool. toward the end of the song, where there's the guitar solo and the gorilla is starting to play guitar, he like shoves them out of the way oh, and nice. rips into the solo. But it was interesting because even though Rick Rubin was working with both Slayer and Beastie Boys, uh, Carrie King he did not understand like what he was doing. <laughs> he was like, I don't, I don't, I don't get this music at all. But yeah. he he went ahead and laid down the riffs that for it so in the solo. Uh, but yeah, they didn't. The Beasties and Slayer did not get along at all, mm. or like Kerry King didn't get along. Um, I think in the years since, he's like kind of relaxed about it and understands like what what the song yeah. was and like what it means to people. But um, yeah, at that Wild. at that point, they did not did not get along. Yeah. Um, later in the the Beasties' career, they would perform the song live, but they would alter certain lyrics. Um, one of those is MCA's in the back because he's skeezing with a whore, which changed to MCA's in the back with a mahjong board. 
Oh, which is like how lovely. Party animals. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> party animals. And then another line was autographed pictures and classic hose uh, that was later changed to autographed pictures uh, that nobody knows. Oh, that's a yeah, easy change. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Again, yeah, yeah, so it's like they revisit stuff and they're like, yeah, we don't really like to call people whores anymore. That was cool in 1986. Mm-hmm. It's not cool anymore. It was the coolest it thing was the coolest. Are you kidding me? Everybody called I was like four whores. years old in that year and I was like, I was four years yeah. old. <laughs> and I was out there. I was like, whores, whores, whores. Everything's whores. I, l- I just learned to speak. Are you saying horse? Mm-hmm. You learned? Yeah. Yep. You. Uh-huh. I think you what might you have been saying whores as a kid. Um, I don't think so. Okay. Mm-hmm. You should check. I don't know if you have any like video of it, but I would love to know. If I do, it's up for sale. <laughs> it's included in you. the bundle, guys. <laughs> I'm telling you. Everything uh, must it, go. Any further notes for you for No Sleep um, till Brooklyn? Yeah, I, I liked this one. Um, like I said, okay. I didn't really remember it as much as I thought I would, knowing the title and stuff. But uh, yeah, I really mm-hmm. liked it. So I saw this video online of Jay Z opening up one of his concerts by rapping the song. Oh, really? And he's like, he like Wild. he didn't like change the lyrics. Uh, he didn't like create his own raps for this. Mm-hmm. He rapped the lyrics as they're listed. There were a couple of times where he like changed it from like Beasties to like Jay Z or whatever. Mm-hmm. But uh, man, it's just like that's cool. It's like a cool like cosine, right? You know? Totally, yeah. Mm-hmm. From one of the biggest hip hop stars of all time. That's right. To another, you know, one of the biggest hip hop groups of all time. That's right. And it's like yeah, I I didn't I didn't know. In my head, I liked the BC Boys, but I didn't, like I said earlier, kind of, it's like, I didn't know if they were that well-respected, and it, it's mm-hmm. great that they are, and people recognize them as, like, you know, being pioneers, so. Yeah. It's cool. Uh, from Mr. Beyonce himself. I know, man. Wow. Checking the boxes. All right, but let's move forward to track nine, which is the second single from the album, Paul Revere. We were talking about Ooh. whores. I'm sorry. Horses. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta work on that. Um, and... I, you know, I, I, I know the song is called Paul Revere, um, but it didn't really click with me until I was like actually going through and looking into this song mm-hmm. that Adrock's horse is named Paul Revere in the song. And I was like, oh yeah, that's right. This, yeah. Huh. Uh, I was riding on my horse called Paul Revere. Um, but I didn't realize that it was a reference to Fugue for Tin Horns. The opening song from Guys and Dolls. And the opening line to that is, I got a horse right here. The name is Paul Revere. Oh, I know that song. Do you really? Yeah. I got this horse right here. His name is Paul Mm -hmm. Revere. Mm -hmm. Uh, That is weirdly in a movie my dad likes a lot called Let It Ride with Richard Dreyfuss, where he's like a down on his luck gambler. And he goes to Mr. the horse Holland's races. Opus. Yeah, Mr. Holland's exactly. Yeah, mm-hmm. say one. Uh, yeah. No, he's like a down as luck gambler who goes to like horse races and stuff. And that song is plays throughout that movie or whatever. And I've always mm-hmm. remembered it from that. That's so funny though. I never, I didn't connect it with this at all. Can you the next time your dad mentions that song, can you be like, if you like that song, <laughs> you'll love Paul Revere by the Beastie Boys. I wonder what he thought of this at the time. <laughs> I think about that too. Like my parents had me when in '85. They were 28. I think or almost 29. Um, mm-hmm. And I think about like I memories of my childhood when I was uh, then like whatever, seven, eight years old. And they were mm-hmm. like my age now. And I was their fourth child. And I was like, oh, that's so weird. They're, like they were going through stuff that I can't even imagine as like a 36, 37 year old to go through. Mm-hmm. And they had like four kids. And I'm like, so the Beastie Boys came out 
the next year. They were like 29 or 30 years old. Like that is still like in their age range, I would say. Mm-hmm. They're not fighting for the right to party at that point. Probably have four kids, but I wonder if he liked it. Honestly, you would have to fight for your right to party with <laughs> that, that many point, kids. You gotta fight those kids. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, Paul Revere was written by Adrock and Rick Rubin, along with Rev Run and DMC from oh, wow. Run DMC. I remember reading a couple of places where uh, the uh, the BCs were standing outside of a recording studio and they could see uh, Reverend Run running up the street, and it was like. He was yelling at them, mm-hmm. and they were like, "What? What's going on?" And he keeps doing this, and they can't figure out what he's saying. He finally like gets to where they are, and he goes, "Here's a little story that I got to tell." And then he's like, "That's it. That's that's the song. <laughs> you open the song with that." So then they all like collaborated on the the lyrics that's and put the awesome. song together. But yeah. wow, I didn't realize they were that connected. That's really cool. It's wild because they would like pass songs back and forth. Yeah, that's crazy. Uh, there's a song later that is uh, actually a cover of a Run DMC like demo track that hmm. never got released. Um, oh, that's cool. But but this song tells a fictional uh, reaccounting of how the Beastie Boys got together. Um, it was uh, either MCA or Revron from Run DMC who decided to flip the beat backwards and rap over it. Mm. Um, this was like pre-digital, so it took like a lot of effort to make that happen. It sounded so cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then like that pretty much became the song. There's not like any melodies or mm-hmm. anything. It's just like the, the beat ran backwards and then there's some like scratching over it here and there. Um, and I used to have this uh instrumental on vinyl Hmm. when i was djing in a band and i would take this and i would put it on and i would hit reverse and i would play the the (laughs) loop backwards so people could hear it because it's like fascinating it's like oh that's what it sounds like and honestly it just sounds like the same like you would you'd probably recognize it you're like this reminds me of paul revere a little bit it's like well yeah it's it's backwards bitch Uh, (laughs) meaning that it's in that's going forward instead of reverse uh, that's but, pretty fun yeah. though because uh, mm-hmm. i i don't know enough about that stuff and i read a little bit about it but i was like i don't know what this is i, I put it has this backwards cymbal sound and it's like i can't even do it in my head i can hear it but i'm like i don't know how you'd even like do that sound and then i i saw online they were like yeah it's like uh it was like the 808 um mm-hmm. thing again the synthesizer again and it was like these different sounds like backwards and i was like oh my mm-hmm. god that's that's fascinating but uh it was cool i like the beat i like i like the song I didn't have a ton of notes about this one, but it was one of the ones I kept going back to in my realisms. I realized that I liked mm-hmm. a lot. So um, another one that I I don't remember this being a single though. I I don't remember hearing this. Really? Uh, yeah, I don't remember this song really at all until I heard. I hear this constantly That's on the radio. Crazy, yeah. Yeah. Wait, you don't remember hearing the song until I don't this week? I don't think so. Yeah. Oh my god! I certainly would never have told you there was a song by the Beastie Boys called Paul Revere. So. Wow. Yeah. Okay. And it's obviously I grew a big up song. with this song. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. I don't Huge remember song. it. Yeah. Uh, I think I mentioned this, but if not, this was like the second single from yeah, the yeah. album, which is wild. Okay. Yeah. Good. I wanted to to make sure we mentioned mm-hmm. that. Um, any other notes for you on no. Paul Revere? Okay. So we'll move forward to uh, track ten, which is "Hold It Now, Hit It," which is the first single from the album. Crazy. Which Never is crazy, right? Uh, it's a sample-heavy track that includes samples from Trouble Funk, Cool in the Gang, Curtis Blow, Ooh. Dougie Fresh, and the Get Fresh crew, and more. Uh, my initial thought was that it was interesting that this is the first single released and not some of the yeah. other songs that were more impactful that would be released later. But then, when I was watching Beastie Boys' story, they're talking about how 
um, the success of this single along with Paul Revere and the new style mm. is what led Def Jam to encourage the Beasties to mm. uh, make an actual like full length album. These songs were just like put out in like New York essentially. They like caught fire and like made their rounds. So they're like, well, this is going well. So let's, let's do more. Put together an album, right? That's so crazy to me. These these existed before there was ever an idea for an album to be put together. It's crazy to me because I don't remember this one either. When I saw it was the first single, I was floored mm-hmm. because I was like, what the fuck? That's crazy. Like, mm-hmm. um, because it sounds different. Like, I don't like this one as much as some of the other ones. Um, I put my notes like it's all over the place, but in a, in a great way. And it's fun, mm-hmm. like the rest of the album. It mixes so much stuff together. Like, it goes all those wild ways. I guess I could understand why it would have been like popular and, you know, the underground circuits that the, the those clubs and stuff were running. But um, for me, I was like, this is so much different than the rest of uh, the, the singles of it. I, I could see this being on the album, but I would never have thought this would be a single. And then it was like, oh, it's the mm-hmm. number one single. Mm-hmm. This is the one they put out first and then made that album. Crazy to me. There, there was a single, I can't remember the name of it, but they talk about it in Beastie Boys Story where um, they essentially, it was the, the Beasties were uh, rapping lyrics that were kind of written and like produced for them by Rick Rubin mm-hmm. and the head of Def Jam. Um, is it Russell Simmons? Yeah. Yeah. yeah and right. uh, they put it out and it wasn't really like, I don't know, it didn't feel like them necessarily. Mm-hmm. But then they did this song and they were like, okay, we found our voice for mm. essentially what would be the main of this album. And they were talking about how they'd be walking down the street and they would say, we should have a song that goes, hold it now, you know, the sample from this song. And then one of the other guys said and then the other one would be like uh yeah and then it could say hit it and then somebody else suggested hey Leroy <laughs> and just like putting all these samples together and that's Nuts. where the song came from so they they kind of like wrote songs that way it was just all like pieced together yeah. which I think is why sometimes the the track changes like drum beats halfway mm-hmm. through or whatever they were just like but well it's cool let's, yeah. we, did this, we did this for like a minute and a half guys I'm tired of it yeah right let's change, <laughs> change it. it up yeah yeah it's so fascinating though because it totally works in this weird way and it feels like this weird mashup but you're like well, i dig mm-hmm. all of it and then yeah. right mm-hmm. so interesting and cool anything else for you on this song nope all right let's move forward to track 11 and i'm just gonna say this is my favorite song on this album oh yeah i never get tired of this right i on. get so pumped up for this <laughs> uh on friday night of this past week uh we had a little um uh, FaceTime chat uh-huh. with uh, uh, me and you and both of our wives and I was getting hyped up for it and I put this song on our Apple TV. Oh, awesome. And I was getting amped, to get, son. You were getting excited about having the FaceTime? Yes. Wow, I'm excited that you did that then. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's pretty rad. Rasmus. This song, yeah, was part of that. Yes. Uh, this song is named after the alcoholic drink of the same name and it features a sample of the song Bring It Here by Wild Sugar. Have you heard this song? I did. Wild Sugar? This morning, it, it was it, it was wild. It, sugar. Yeah. yeah. That's the name of the band. <laughs> um, bring It Here. It sounds, it's like they lifted the track directly mm, yeah. off of it. Like they didn't pick part of a horn and distort it or like pick horns from different parts of the song and piece them together. It is simply this. Yeah. I couldn't believe it when I heard it. I was like, did Wild Sugar know <laughs> they needed to write a song for the Beastie Boys? Because they did. It's, so, it's all right there. It's so crazy. I've heard this before with other songs that sampled stuff, but that like this particular song is so popular that the again, mm-hmm. it's like the Jurassic Park movie versus the book where I'm like the book came second. 
even though mm-hmm. clearly it didn't but i'm like i hold that as like the number one the movie yet and mm-hmm. this one is like, no, this song, Brass Monkey, is the number one. And then this other band conveniently wrote that for them years before. Mm-hmm. But it's like, it's so weird sometimes to hear like an iconic sound that you know so well from one thing and then hear it in its original form. And you're like, whoa, this is the same thing, but it's so different. And like, it doesn't make like the little bits that I did hear from that song. I was like, I hate this song. I would never listen to this. But the this version you know you rap over it and it's fucking great and they yeah that's you know, a hit record so it's another one of these songs where they go back and forth like line by line on yeah. the lyrics and sometimes they like all three of them uh speak at the same time uh it's just so much fun yeah. i fucking love the song i never get tired of it and awesome. uh, fight for your right i'm like i'm kind of over a little bit um not necessarily because of the messaging yeah but like i just feel like i've heard it so many times where i'm like eh I'm all right. Right on. However, with Brass Monkey, I've Never heard this song since I was like 15 or whatever, and I love it. Every time it comes on the radio, just like randomly, I'm like, oh shit, we about to have a fucking party yeah. up in this bitch. It makes me want to dance all weird and like, do, do, mm-hmm. do, do, do. I just like, yeah, it's just a cool beat, cool sound, good Put good your song. left leg down, your right leg up, yeah. tilt your head back and finish the cup. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's what I say. The instructions are in the yeah. song. <laughs> I did. It's right there for so you. So again, they mentioned Brass Monkey several times in other songs in this mm-hmm. album, and I, it was leading up to this, and I was like, I don't know what a Brass Monkey is. And then I saw online, mm-hmm. it looked like it was essentially like a, a screwdriver with another alcohol. Like it was like orange juice, vodka, and like rum or something. Oh, okay, yeah. Something else. It was like another one that I was like, oh, that's interesting. I've never, like I've had screwdrivers, but I've never added more alcohol, different alcohols to it. Mm-hmm. But um yeah, I never knew that that's what this was about. Again, like I never paid attention to the lyrics. I just liked their music. And so mm-hmm. never knew. It's good. But now I do. It's a good song. We love it. Yeah, it's a, I, I dig it. I put, oh, hell yeah, was my first note. Because it's like <laughs> once it starts, you're just like, oh, yeah, we, we are going to jam right now. What else needs to be said? Yeah. But do you have more to say? Yeah. No, nothing. OK. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> Let's move on to track 12, which is Slow and Low. Uh, this this is the song I was telling you about. Mm-hmm. This is the yeah. song that is a cover of a Run DMC demo. Oh, um, man, that'd be fascinating to listen to. Right? <clears throat> it was uh, originally recorded for their, their album, King of Rock. Uh, the demo wasn't released by Run DMC until they released a deluxe edition of their mm. album in 2005. I listened to part of it uh, yesterday. And it's like, oh, okay, it sounds like this Beastie Boy song. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it's it's crazy to me that people uh, back in the day, especially like in the hip hop community, would just so like freely yeah. give music or uh, help other people like write their songs mm-hmm. or th- th- it just seems like so communal the way that hip hop songs yeah. were written back in the day. It seems, I don't know, it's just uh, heartwarming to me that everyone was like willing to like help totally. each other out, you know? A community was bring itself up. I, I love that idea. I had no clue until you were mentioning it about Run DMC being so interconnected with them. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's pretty cool. And then Slayer, obviously best friends. You know, uh-huh. bringing them in. It's just it's just neat. Everybody's just so cool with each other. Yeah. Yeah. Slow Those and low. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Slow and yeah. low. I put. Uh, I don't know how to spell this word, but I put. Oh yeah, I like that tempo. <laughs> I like this one. It was fun. I, I I love the beat. I was like, I don't know what it is about this one. It's not like as fun mm-hmm. as the other songs, even though I just said fun. Uh, but it's it's just cool. I liked it. Um, 
Mm. I didn't listen to this one uh, as much as some of the other ones, but again, mm. I'm just excited to go back and listen to this entire album. And yeah. I'm excited to get back to this one too because it was it was fun, and I, I think it's wild that it was another it was around DMC song. So I know, and they were just like, "Yeah, you could do yeah, something. Right? Fuck it. We're not gonna do anything with it. Really, you're not gonna go back and workshop it because it sounds like it's, it's a like thing it you could do. Be a song? Yeah, no, yeah, no, not interested. Yeah, <laughs> we have we said other next. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay, man. Okay, run. Um, yeah, these last two songs on this album are uh, probably the, the songs I listen to the least mm-hmm. um, because there are just like so many. Like the the first eleven songs on this album are like so much fun yeah. to listen to, you know. Um, so uh, yeah, anything for you further on the song? No, you good. Okay, so let's move forward to the last track on this, which is "Time to Get Ill," which is weird because like the album is called "License to Ill," and we only just now <laughs> wow are getting the time wow. set aside to devote to it. You know what I'm saying? Well, I think tracks one through twelve they had to get licensed, and then oh, track thirteen okay. they're like, "Let's go on the road." You've got to call set up the appointment. Yeah. You got to do the written test. Mm-hmm. You got to do the actual like, well, there's like an oral test. And then yep. there's like the actual like test itself to get ill. And now finally on track 13, mm-hmm. we're there. Guys, it's time to get fucking ill, dude. Hell yeah, dude. And I had a problem typing this in my phone. Every time I would type ill, oh, my phone was trying to autocorrect to aisle. Right. I'm like, guys, ill is a word. Yeah, leave me alone. Somebody can be I ill. I know, they Especially never want you to. Post-COVID? Are you kidding yeah. me right now? Steve Jobs, are you kidding me right now? Yeah. Get with it, buddy. I'm I'm just gonna say it. Steve Jobs needs to lose his job, okay? Whoa, Brent. Yeah. I went there. Okay, okay. Uh-huh. Yeah. You keep it. Get Michael Fassbender playing you in a movie. Are you kidding me? I, I heard he is a massive hog. Anyway. <laughs> like a Yeti Mike style hog. What do I know? Oh That's wow. I I gotta, That's a rumor it's going around, you know. Got a visual um, so in front of me. <laughs> this is another sample-heavy mm-hmm. track that includes samples from the Steve Miller Band, Barry White, Creedence Clearwater Revival, Led Zeppelin again, Stevie Wonder, and more, plus yeah. the themes <laughs> from Mr. Ed and Green Acres. Because, of course, why wouldn't you, you know? I loved that, though. It was so fun. I put This one was weird, but I just had fun with it, and it had so mm-hmm. many samples in it, especially the Green Acres and it's Mr. Ed, yeah. And they stand out. Like they really do. To this, like, yeah. uh, not passively, but like trying to pay attention to it. When that like dum 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 comes right. in, you're like, Mascoose? <laughs> yeah. What is happening? Yeah. Why am I wearing a straw hat and overalls all of a sudden? Totally. Okay. I guess I'll feed peanut butter to this horse. <laughs> you know what I love about this though is again with them making all this stuff like pre-internet, pre-computers, like mm-hmm. all of it just like. I don't know who writes every parts of it. You know who brought what in. Who's what's the, what's Beastie Boys? What's Rick Rubin? What's what's Run DMC? What's whoever else? Right. Um, mm-hmm. But I it feels like these people are mashing this up in a in a way the same way that you could like watch an Edgar Wright film and you mm-hmm. can be like, oh my god, he stole that shot from this movie. Like that looks like this thing. That costume is from this thing. Like you get a per, like a vision of their personality and what they grew up with, what they ingested. Mm-hmm. Like. Where did they find this stuff? Like the the Brass Monkey song that they stole that that sound from? It's like, how did they know that stuff? Like, mm-hmm. and maybe they didn't. Maybe Rick Rubin knew that and brought it in. Maybe whatever. But it's so cool to like have all the collaboration of that. And that's why I love sampling. And I, I hate sort of the 
that conversation about it being like a bad thing or like you owe all this money to people. I'm like, art builds on art. It's you're inspired by other yeah. people. I love the the camaraderie of those those groups working together and sharing that stuff or whatever. And it's like you mm-hmm. sampled me, I'll sample you later. Who cares? Like, mm-hmm. I like all that. And this song like has so much of that. Um, you know, bringing all those different things. It's just it's just really cool to be like, why did they bring in the Green Acres thing? Did they watch that as kids? Do they? It just sounds funny. <laughs> I just yeah. love like hearing all those little parts and I, I couldn't identify so many of them throughout these, this whole album, but it's so fun to kind of trace those back and be like, well, why did they choose this one? That's, that's genius. Mm-hmm. It's cool. Yeah. I love it. It's just, it's just like a whole fun album. Yeah. It's just like fun is peppered all throughout this. Yeah. Like, uh, I, I think it's fair to say this is like the most fun album we've discussed during oh, yeah. November. Just by far. By far. Yeah. I know you would think that. <laughs> Us talking about James Hetfield <laughs> suggesting Inner Sandman be about crib death is pretty funny, but you can it's nowhere that. near as funny as, you know, a lot of these other uh, lines on this album. One of which is a uh, reference that MCA does to his line in Paul Revere, which is, my name's MCA, I got a license to kill. He brought that back. Or, well, yeah, I guess like since Paul Revere was like, you know what, I take it back. I take it all back. Paul Revere was like the second single released and this was before they were going to do an album. Oh yeah. The song is on the album as the last track. So confirmed this song references Paul yeah. Revere. We did it. We got through it. <laughs> I do love the Done. little, like I didn't look at all the lyrics, but the ones that you can pick out as you're listening mm-hmm. and you're like, they're referencing stuff and they're, and, and, and songs before on this album, they're like, they're always cross playing all this different stuff. And then like, they took that other thing you were saying and brought it into intergalactic or whatever like they they're sampling stuff Mm -hmm. from themselves in the past from this album and future albums like i just love all of that stuff those little details that you can hone in on and be like oh my god that's really cool and this is fucking cool Mm -hmm. they're so fun and the whole album is just like you can tell in the music videos the the way these guys are or whatever like they just having a blast you know Mm -hmm. and man we're all lucky for it i want to touch on something you said about sampling and how you like that Mm -hmm. i love it too Mm -hmm. like I, I have a sampler. I used to that used to be a thing I would play in a band. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the things I, I love about it is it's like uh, a different way of playing music that doesn't involve you like having to learn chords or <laughs> yeah. play drums or whatever, you know. Uh, but you can like turn <clears throat> pretty much any type of audio into music. Um, yeah. By like doing all kinds of manipulations to it or just letting it set a vibe for the beginning of a song or something to that effect, you know. Yeah, um, totally it, cool. I understand why people think that it's like, oh, well, you're just like taking this music like Brass Monkey is a good example. They didn't write that like horn that plays mm-hmm. throughout that song uh, that is fucking stellar, but they did repurpose it and make it this like party anthem. Yeah, essentially. Um, How many of us would know that original song at all if it weren't for Brass Monkey? Negative people. Right? <laughs> I did not learn that until two days ago, yeah. essentially. So um yeah, but it's it's I don't know. I, I just like the idea of uh, using bits and pieces of like other pop culture to incorporate into your song yeah. and turn it to a different thing. We hear people do like cover songs all the time mm-hmm. and people don't get shitty about that. Everyone loves every cover that's ever been done. And no one's ever gone to extremes and said, oh, you've ruined a song. We can all agree on that. Right. No one's ever like flying off, flowing off the handle about that. Um, and then like. You know, there are only so many like chords you could play on a guitar or whatever. So eventually those are going to get reused. And there are times that people have gone to court because somebody has 
written a, a guitar riff, let's say, and it sounds similar to this other riff that was mm-hmm. out there. And it could have just been like, oh, I heard this when I was like four years old and it somehow stuck in my subconscious all this time. And I ended up writing a similarly uh, sounding riff mm-hmm. or whatever. Sure. Um, but, you know, it's like in lieu of being or playing a guitar riff, you could just like sample one and use that as your basis. And as long as like people are getting the agreed upon like royalties for it or whether whatever, I think that's probably okay to do, right? Yeah. Like as long as you go through the proper channels, then I think it's a legitimate art form. And it's even with that, I feel it's hard because I would say that like if I was just experimenting at home, not knowing I was ever going to make it big as a musician or mm-hmm. like have an album that blew up or whatever, like I would want the ability to be able to mess around with things. And if I don't have access to an instrument, but I do have a computer, especially nowadays, it's so easy to go find stuff and then like mix it all up and do whatever you want with it. And I like the creativity that gives people, but kids in particular, and you know, the ability to like ingest something and then turn it around and change it and build new art with it. And ideally I want all artists to be compensated as well for their original works. But I also Mm -hmm. feel like our copyright laws are all fucked up anyway. And like, things last way too long and like things that should just be, you know, open to the public aren't. And I wish things were a little bit, you know, easier, like to be able to get your money for writing something original, but also allow someone else to change that where a lot of artists mm-hmm. are against that kind of stuff too. They're like, this was mine. And it's like, then why'd you even put in the world? Like what's, what was the point <laughs> of any of this then? Mm-hmm. If someone else can't yeah. then go be inspired by that, you know, even taking literal parts of it and then chopping them up and doing something different. Like it's always just so fascinating to me to hear what people can make up with it. So I'd Mm -hmm. like them to be compensated too. And I think that's the right rap to go, but there's some part of it too. I feel like is, you know, it's just a worthy discussion for, for building art. Mm -hmm. And I think it's a way for your art to live on. Like the wild sugar band. I've never heard of wild sugar before. Certainly never heard of that song that would be sampled on brass monkey. But now that song has a brand new life. So if, uh, like in Edgar Wright's Baby Driver, there's songs in that movie that I only know of from being sampled in hip hop right? songs. <laughs> and the, the first time I ever heard like yeah. the actual song was in Baby Driver. And that's so cool. So, yeah. Yeah. I I don't know. I, I don't have any problem with, with sampling. Yeah. Um, I think it's like great. You said, as long as, yeah. As long as it's uh, everyone's winning, then mm-hmm. it's all good. And I love cover songs, like you mentioned. I love this mm-hmm. type of stuff, just sampling and making new rap over it making hip-hop mm-hmm. and i love mashups um yeah you know with uh two songs together or like there's like a guy named dj earworm who like every year does a mashup of like the top 50 songs or whatever that were out mm-hmm. um and it's just cool to hear like how he mixes them together and like slows down and uh, you know up tempos and all the stuff and like makes things work together and like it's just mm-hmm. fascinating and it's like oh i want to hear that song again because i heard a snippet of it in this song and yeah. it's it does breathe new life into it so yeah i find it very fun and and the beastie boys the uh beastie boys were mm-hmm. you know so great in this album i didn't i had no clue that they were this good uh before listening to it and it was it was fascinating mm-hmm. and fun and i would i tried to go find a lot of the samples they they pulled from stuff i want to go look at more of them like hearing more of that song uh mm-hmm. for brass monkey that they they took but um it's all just fascinating to me and it's our our cultural lives are better for it you know mm-hmm. so we can all agree we can all this, agree the year of our lord 2021 absolutely everything worked out because we yeah. have fully discussed <laughs> beastie boys license to ill that's right we've done it four albums in november and how fun is that 
I mean, yeah. I guess it's it's fun to talk about. I don't know about the editing process, but yeah. everything else is okay. But at least we're over with them. Yeah, this will be yeah. fun though because there'll be a lot of good songs I can listen to again. That's that's been fun with yeah. this. But, um, yes. Yeah, it was it was a blast. I really am glad we did this album. I uh, I found a new album that I love and didn't even know it, and I'm really excited. Some of these songs I just threw in my regular rotation playlists of, of songs that I like right now, and then oh, I'm, I'm sure I'll visit that this whole album as well. Uh, in the next week or so because it was just stellar so look i love this album uh from like back in the day yeah even but uh i was curious as to what your take on it would be because i know uh you lean a bit more toward melody yeah um and and the lyrics making what do you call it sense um so i was i was curious what you would think of this one but but yeah uh, i guess totally got me that's all well there's enough fun to be had by everyone i know man Mm -hmm. i'm glad this was the last one of the month too because it was uh, a real high note it was probably, oh, like good. you said, it was the most fun I had. I, I was having mm-hmm. such a blast just listening to every song. Um, so, yeah, it was it was really cool. Um, so Perfect. next week, changing things up. Brent, are you, yeah. it's okay. All right. So mm-hmm. we're getting into um, some Xmas time. Mm-hmm. And Brent notoriously is not a big fan of Xmas. Um, I'm calling mm-hmm. it that so I can spare him the other word as well. Thank you. But mm-hmm. um, we are going to do some Xmas themed things. And... Mm-hmm. Um, I guess we'll announce them week by week as we get through them just to make sure um, we might have some guests on if possible. We might do some fun stuff, but we're going to do a few Xmas related things for the first few weeks of December. And we're going to start that off with revisiting a movie that I have not seen in decades. I don't remember you as well, uh, but Nightmare Before Christmas from 1993, Mm -hmm. we will be revisiting. You and I are not huge Tim Burton fans. Nope. Nope. I, as far as I, this is what I always thought he directed too, but I feel like it's a different dude directed it, but it's definitely like that Burton, like he produced it. It's definitely like that, that feeling, mm-hmm. right? His style or whatever. Um, I used to like this movie back in the day, but I kind of just stopped watching it. And mm-hmm. so I'm curious about it. So we're going to do a night before Christmas and uh, see how it goes. Steven, I don't like Christmas. I don't like Tim mm-hmm. Burton. I don't like musicals. <laughs> I don't know why I suggested this, but I did. Oh my god. But Look, to get it out of the way. We, that's nice. Yeah, we've we've been on theme here over the past couple of months, I think, uh with doing a music yep. month and then horror uh before that. Um so I thought, you know what? If we're going to do another theme month to complete a trilogy, might as well just like go all in right on. on Christmas here. And um Look, I love Disney. I really do. <laughs> uh but at what cost? Uh, at what cost? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Everything must go, but my sanity along with mm-hmm. that? Oh, I lost that a long time ago. Yeah. That's fine. That's fine. So, yeah, A Nightmare Before Christmas on the next episode of Let's Talk About Stuff. Will we survive? I don't know. We'll see. Maybe. We'll see. And Henry Selleck is the director of that one, by the way. Uh, he did James and the Giant Peach and Coraline. He has the giant mustache. He, no, wait. That's Tom Selleck. Okay, I was sorry, say he doesn't. My bad. He actually kind of looks yeah. like uh, Jigsaw a little bit to me. The the actor, not like he has like a like a clown face. <laughs> yeah, he's, like a he's got he's got that look to him a little bit. He's got red spirals on his cheeks yeah. and it, <laughs> a tiny a tricycle? tricycle. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's even in his Wikipedia picture. Crazy. Weird. So yeah, yeah, that'll be fun though. I'm excited. Um, we're gonna try to do some other like horror themed Christmas movies, which I think will be a little more fun for you. Mm-hmm. I, that's what I had said off air was like, at least they're violent, you know. So <laughs> yeah. you get a little away from the Christmas <laughs> spirit that way. Um, yeah. So yeah, we'll we'll try to change it up a little bit, but we'll announce them as we go next week. Nightmare for Christmas. So uh, 
yeah, watch along with us and we'll, we'll discuss mm-hmm. it then. So, um, yeah. you can contact us if you'd like about the music shows we've done or, uh, upcoming episodes or whatever you want. All the info for mm-hmm. contacting us on social or email is in the show notes as usual. You can rate and review us on your favorite podcast apps. Five stars is always appreciated. And, uh, anything else for you today, Brent? No, no, no I'm just trying to get myself in the mindset of watching Christmas <laughs> movies going forward. So. You should just turn the sound down. Listen, to, put on the Beastie Boys album. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, right. Yeah. So you just get that mm-hmm. in your head and then maybe even like um, turn the turn the video down and like turn on something you like. So essentially you won't watch it at all. <laughs> OK, but you can watch something different with the Beastie Boys. I keep saying the ever since you said it, it's like I can't stop. I know. I yeah, it's it's hard <laughs> with Beastie it's hard Boys to change in the background uh-huh. and then you can just talk about whatever and I will never know the difference. Okay, perfect. Next week. Mm-hmm. All right, sounds like a plan. <laughs> Ironically, I just watch Mad Max Fury Road all over again. Like, oh, wait, what? With Beastie Boys, though, might, you might like it. I mean, it might be good. Yeah. This is the way it was meant to be watched. Yeah. You know? Well, that's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. I, it's like I was talking about doing the, the different soundtracks for, with, like, Scream and It Follows mm-hmm. for Teeth, replacing that. It's like, oh, yeah. I wonder yeah. the Beastie Boys cut of Mad Max Fury Road. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Interesting. I would watch that. Well, uh, thank you for listening, everybody. Brent, it was a blast today talking to uh, you with about Beastie Boys and this album that was so great. Yes. And uh, yeah, so come back next week. And until next time, I'm Steven. I'm Brent. And let's talk later. God. Before we started recording, you did a little like porky pig. Yeah. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) And I insinuated that you were an auctioneer, and I believe you were insinuating that you were like speaking in tongues or something. I don't wonder if the two are related. I do like that Porky the pig would also wait, Porky Pig? Porky the pig. Porky pig. Porky Pig, yeah. Mm-hmm. Why did I say the? Why did I put that in? That felt so weird right after I said it. Por- porky Dat Pig. Porky. <laughs> he be porking that pig, yo. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. yeah, the fact that he would either be an auctioneer, which I feel like is probably done, but I don't know if they've ever had him speaking in tongues. Yeah. I mean, they should. You know, mm-hmm. the time is right for it. Oh, really? It's it's right now? In, in this political climate? Oh, of course. Perfect. We have to get into it. Hail Satan? Oh my god. Oh wow, I'd really like to watch like a you know like they do like Muppets, you know, we'll do mm. various versions of things, but I'd like to see like mm. kind of the, the porky pigs of the world take on like the crucible. Yeah. You know? And uh-huh. uh just see what happens. Well, speaking of the Muppets, I believe the Swedish chef speaks in tongues as well. Oh that's true. <laughs> I love that all of your speaking in tongues is uh, has hail Satan in it. That's good. I know. I believe it's supposed to be like <laughs> speaking in tongues is supposed to be related to like speaking in the the language of the angels or something, right? Something. What it is? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Some some sort of God given language. Yeah, I think so. Have you ever seen video on YouTube of people speaking in tongues, like preachers mm-hmm. or whatever? Yeah, I feel like I've come across something like that. 
it's weird. It's oh, like it it, they have this like weird shit eating grin on their faces as you're <laughs> speaking just like this nonsense. And it's like, wow, you can just really get away with it. I I don't know. It's weird because it, it kind of freaks me out in a weird way when I hear people do it. My mom can do it. And, it, oh, and yeah. hers hers weirds me out, too. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not unpleasant when you're there. It's not like scary or whatever, but it is It's just weird. And I also love just in general for like Christianity, like hearing like a, a pastor do it on TV just makes me think they're faking it. Like my mom doesn't seem to be faking it. It does sound like weird and otherworldly sort of. But um, a pastor on TV, just I just get bad vibes all the time. But it makes mm-hmm. me think they're just like. It makes me think that they made a bet with a friend and they're like, these dum-dums keep, keep giving me money. I could literally make up a language and mm-hmm. speak and gibberish and they will mm-hmm. be like, this guy's anointed, you know? Mm-hmm. Sure, Let's no, give no, 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 I did it. Money, See? please. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> pass, the, pass the coffers around. Yeah. Feel free to put your entire wallet in there. Exactly. Mm-hmm. It's just weird, but I do like the idea that uh, you would combine auctioneering with that. I mean, it sounds like the same kind of skills. I mean, if you're going to essentially raffle off places in heaven, I mean, <laughs> the that's best a good way lots. to do it. Yeah. 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 Start bidding on it, you know. Uh, Sold. Margaret's going to heaven. <laughs> it sucked right up a tube. It's like one of those pneumatic tubes that you see in a bank drive through you know? Oh, man. Shroom. I feel like a lot of Americans, you know, would uh, would be down with that kind of ride. Because mm-hmm. oh, we like, man, like convenience. Mm-hmm. We like, like pneumatic tubes, I guess. At the beginning of uh, Futurama, where the people travel in those. Oh, that's right. Like, yeah, they I do. bet that'd be fun. Mm-hmm. Your hair would be messed up. I mean, it's not, you know, it's not a problem Same. for all of us, you know. Yeah. But. <laughs> but like, there would have to be a, a point where, I mean, you like walk in the tube and then... Because of it's just like you're not riding it sideways or anything. You're going like head first, essentially. Uh-huh. So you would either smash your cranium or there would have to be some type of interchange where you get like turned around feet first, you know? Oh, I wonder. I wonder about just like the logistics in general of tube travel. Mm-hmm. You know, in the Tenacious D album, they talk about traveling in tubes as well, which I, I thought was a great idea because, you know, Jack Black said it. But the logistics of actually landing head first do not sound pleasant. No, unless there's like a bunch of like cushions or something like that. So it's a bunch of like highly advanced tubes. And mm-hmm. at the end of it, they're just like, is a bunch of cushions. Yeah. You're <laughs> fine. Hello. Yeah. <laughs> this tube is sponsored by Purple Mattress. It absorbs the cushion of your butt as you fall down the, the tube. Mm-hmm. What if yeah. you went butt first? You were kind of like a V throughout it. Oh, oh, man. That That'd would be, be uncomfortable. Like all, you'd be like, you'd be like a breech baby, right? Oh, yeah, that's not good to go breach. Yeah. Not in the tunnels, no. not in the tubes. No. No. <laughs> the, some people choose to ride that way exclusively, you know? Oh, man. They're like, Don't I like tell the me feeling. what to do. <laughs> I like the way the air wishes past my butthole. Oh, man. Do you hear that whistling sound? Here comes Craig again. <laughs> He's really tuned it, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. He spent some work. <laughs> There are also videos on YouTube of people like farting certain songs or whatever. Really? Mm-hmm. You've you, never seen the, someone mm-mm. play "Smoke on the Water" with a butthole before? <laughs> I can't say as I have. I know there was somebody <clears throat> who uh, did an ass cover of um, was it Bohemian Rhapsody or whatever? That is so difficult. 
Mm-hmm. I know. Wow, that would take a lot of effort. I would love if they went on The Voice. <laughs> <laughs> the chairs are all turned around. Like the the music from the band kicks in, mm-hmm. and then the judges are just sitting there, like waiting for the vocals to kick in or kick in, and then all of a sudden you're. <laughs> oh, that was an extra one. That was a bonus. That was an ad lib. It's like saying, "Yeah." And what if one of them chose? You know, what if they slam down on that button? Says you're coming with me. I mean, it could be, you know, Blake Shelton turning <clears> around. <throat> mm-hmm. Hey, man, pick me. He does a weird little I'll, like, I'll train your point thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know Gwen Stephanie. Is that her name? I don't pay attention. I don't know. I don't even know who she is. No. Is she on the show, too? Did they uh, meet I think separately? She, I think she was. I don't know. My wife watches that show, and sometimes mm-hmm. I'll walk through the living mm-hmm. room, and I'll see, like, a new person on there, and I'm like, when did they join the show? Yeah, it's always I just changing. say to myself, I, I'm not trying to have a conversation about the voice, you know? Yeah. Just trying to move on. <laughs> trying to move on with my life. The other week, uh, Amanda, my wife, had uh, <clears throat> gotten some news, I don't know, some some gossip about Kim Kardashian, and she was trying to tell us real quick. It was something stupid about, like, Kim Kardashian being stupid. Mm-hmm. But uh, her brother, Josh, was like, like, she started talking about it. She was like, yeah, and Kim Kardashian, and he's like, I just... I just don't, I don't understand that family. I don't understand why people talk about them or like why anybody likes them. Mm-hmm. I just don't care about any news at all about them. And then Amanda was like, well, I'm going to proceed with my story now. <laughs> 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 it was funny. I heard it from both sides, you know, because I was like, yeah, I don't care about her at all. But also mm-hmm. what she fucking do now that's so stupid. Uh, yeah. You know? Was it her hosting SNL? Because we watched that episode. It might have uh, been. We we knew it was going to be bad, but yeah. then it was just like, oh yeah, this is this poor cast has to just carry this fucking show Ugh. because so much of the time is spent with her being herself and then her trying to be other people. Mm-hmm. One of which was her own sister on this like unfunny ass skit, and it's like, oh man, this You're is like this is not good. This is just the the cast like trying to grit their teeth and get through it, you know, just try to make it to the after party. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> They're like, I'm starting the coke early tonight, guys. I yeah. cannot get through this episode. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I remember it must have been around that time. Uh, mm-hmm. So it might have been about, yeah, that SNL thing. I remember seeing her hosting it and I was like, why? Especially at this point, like I, I generally do forget about them as a family. And mm-hmm. then I'm like, oh, they're still doing stuff like people are still like bringing them like I get that they have their own empire. But like, why? What what would she bring to SNL? literally nothing yeah, there you go. there's literally yeah. nothing that was done <laughs> now there was a skit where she played princess jasmine from aladdin and i was like oh. okay this is she got that costume honestly, this isn't this isn't bad at all all right but i need i'm gonna go find that and take a break maybe mm-hmm. okay yeah. it's princess jasmine you say mm-hmm yeah card card princess kardashian Ugh. no k princess mm. what Oh, I love just when you start spelling stuff wrong. Speaking uh, of, uh, I, I tried to, to to put a note on my on my app today, and uh, it mm-hmm. gave me a, a weird autocorrect. I, I was trying to. We we're watching, we we're watching um, Ozark, the oh, TV okay. show. Oz, uh-huh. you know, O Z A R K. And mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, that's a place nearby where we grew up and stuff. Like, I, that's totally fine. It keeps trying to autocorrect that to capital O space A R K O ARK. They just oh, want to remove the Z. And I'm like, what does O-Arc mean? 
<laughs> that Ozark does not. What are you talking about? One is real and one's not. Where is yeah. this coming from? One is like a place that's fairly like well known around these parts. Yeah. Uh, but also a, a fairly popular television series. So, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, you think it would auto learn that. But yeah, easy enough. Right. Mm-hmm. Maybe that was part of like Steve Jobs dying wish is like try to fuck up proper names of places. And then he had X's in his eyes and he was out. You're like, oh, OK, I guess that's mm-hmm. it. Is is this the Kim Kardashian that was on the show? Because it looks like a Halloween costume and I don't know that she would have worn uh, that on. No. Yeah, I think that's a separate thing. I'll send this one to you, though. Okay, yeah, I'll I'll definitely need to copy that. Just so you can check it out. Mm. Just to make sure. Yeah. Just to make sure. I don't know. I like to double-check those pixels, you know? I like that this started off, at least that part of it, being like, ugh, stupid Kardashians. And then it's like, what do they look like, though? Yeah. God damn it, now (laughs) we're talking about them. Fuck. I know. And this is what they want. This is how they win. It's true. Mm -hmm. It's true. They can't be part of the sync word today. I don't want to say their name anymore. Yeah, we we don't need to do that. You know, so let's instead sync with um, anti Kardashian. <laughs> that way we don't have to say, oh, wait, damn it. That's the way you say it, huh? You'd say it that way, too. Yeah, that's what Darkseid wants. He's he's got the power of the anti Kardashian <laughs> equation. Um, that's what that four hour movie was about. Wow. I really missed that point. Uh huh. Interesting. Yeah. So honestly, I'm kind of like on his side a little mm-hmm, bit, you know, a little bit like I don't I don't need to hear about this family anymore. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What if? Yeah. Same thing. What if Thanos came down mm-hmm. and he was like, I'm going to get rid of 50 percent of the people. And we're like, no. And he's like, mm-hmm. but all 100 percent the Kardashian family. And we're like, OK, hold on a second. Let's discuss this. <laughs> let's talk. Let's talk this now. <laughs> and then it's like the dark night. Mm-hmm. Then it's like you're deciding, should we blow up the other boat? Mm-hmm. You know? Is it worth it? Are the Kardashians on that boat? Look, he's got some extreme views, but I say we all sit down over orange slices and finger sandwiches. We hash this out. We make this work. Okay. Like, I feel like the juice is possibly worth a squeeze. Huh? Yeah, I need this effort. You know, we talked about traveling in pneumatic tubes earlier. Mm. Darkseid travels in boom tubes, Stephen. Oh. Yeah. So he shows up. He's like. Yeah. Does he have pillows at the end? Uh, I don't know. I don't know that we ever see his feet whenever he walks out of those. Oh, interesting. So it's possible that he like shows up. And he's like, oh, that's good on my joints. You know, I got bad knees. What if they like had to quickly throw a bunch under there and they like accidentally scooped up some stuffed animals and stuff and he lands. It's like. <laughs> he just gets lowered by his head from a claw machine. Yeah. I told you guys I don't like this. <laughs> I don't like this dismount. So like, look, this is the best technology we have. Okay. We live you on a hell tubes? planet. The yeah. fact that we can even make this, the fact that these stuffed animals are not burning up just by living on this planet. You yeah. know, what is happening? It's uh, yeah, it's insane. So count yourself lucky. You mm-hmm. know, that's what Your I knees say. will thank us. Yeah. <laughs> and years later they would. Mm-hmm. He'd be like, I was going to have to have knee surgery, but they actually were like, no, you've been laying on stuffed animals and pillows mm-hmm. for a while. It's actually pretty OK. I mean, it's outpatient, but like, yeah. I don't know. I'd rather not. <laughs> Given the option, I'd rather not do it. But it's not in network. So I don't know. <laughs> like, I don't know if I should do it. <laughs> that should be what, like, uh, if they ever finish the Snyder verse, that should be like that next movie. Oh, it's yeah. Like, 
Dark Side is just filling out <laughs> medical forms. This place sucks. <laughs> then I'd get right in. I got here as soon as you guys opened. I have to <laughs> preserve my spot. Did you guys overbook? You overbooked again, didn't you? God damn it. Not again. I'm used to this on airplanes. That's why I invented boom tube technology. But now this? God. I should have decided for Teladoc. <laughs> what a bit great. Darkseid's Teladoc. Damn. Darkseid's Teladoc. That, that sounds work? like that could be the sync word. Yeah. Perfect. Mm-hmm. I like that. All right. So Darkseid's Teladoc on three to sync. One, two, three. Darkseid's Dark Teladoc. Teladoc. Excellent. Mm-hmm. Be like uh, that mother box, you know? Yeah, would mm-hmm. be his. Yeah. And we all know like the deep lore of the mother box as well, right? So I was like, we say, don't even need to get into it. We I don't, don't even, even get remember it. it at all. <laughs> I thought about those movies the other day and I was like, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I moved on with my life. Right. <laughs> I will revisit that four hour cut someday. I vow to. I promise. Okay. Just because it's bound to happen. Mm-hmm. But today's not that day. We do a, a live stream commentary with Mitch. Yeah. Oh, yeah. See, there to get me to make it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Get me to watch yeah, it. Like his 18th viewing of this four hour movie. You know, he's like, no, versions uh, or viewings one through 17 really illuminated a lot of things. I'll bring those in today. I have <laughs> notes. We're like, oh, OK, good. We're going to sleep. You know how they have these different uh movie podcasts where it's like the star wars minute the goodfellas minute things like that mm-hmm. if you did a Zack snyder's justice league minute <laughs> you would be dead for 40 years before that mm-hmm. series ever wrapped up it yeah. is so long you would do you know how much time you would spend how many consecutive episodes you would spend with those girls singing that weird like norse <laughs> hymnal or whatever it is no not so worth they it. literally go like minute by minute is that how that plays out? Mm-hmm. So yeah, that- they watch one minute of like Star Wars, for example, and then they have a discussion about wow. it. Wow. Mm-hmm. That sounds kind of daunting for anything, mm-hmm. let alone, yeah, that four hour cut. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A lot of it would be like, well, here's the title card. <laughs> so I guess we'll talk about that. <laughs> Black background, white text. OK, what uh-huh. else? What else? What else? That's yeah. one show. 45 mm-hmm. minutes. Let's get it in the bag. Yep. What do they do like our episodes? It's like three hours for one minute. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow, that's excessive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a lot. Yeah. All right. So we're gonna we're gonna start that then. I think so. I think we have okay, to. Okay. Cool. Mm-hmm. At this point, yeah. Yeah. On the next episode of Let's Talk About Stuff. Yeah. We're changing things up. <laughs> Implosion. <laughs> <laughs>